The wheel of time turns, and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become legend. Legend fades to myth, and even myth is long forgotten when the age that gave it birth comes again. In one age, called the third age by some, an age yet to come, an age long past, a wind rose on the great plain called the Caroline Grass. The wind was not the beginning, there are neither beginnings nor endings to the turning of the wheel of time, but it was a beginning. This is the Queens of Fantasy podcast, a podcast dedicated to deeply analyzing, discussing, and reading fantasy series alongside other readers. Each season of this podcast is dedicated to a specific fantasy series and or author. In this season, we are discussing The Wheel of Time by Robert Jordan. The queens in this podcast include myself, Alex, Marissa, and Tay. We are your guides and companions for your adventure through various fantasy worlds. I feel like I got to turn that into like a jingle so I remember it and I don't have to like read it. Oh my God. (laughs) Maybe I should sing it. I I won't be. I definitely that. think this podcast is needs a know, jingle for, for for a podcast about fantasy novels. We don't have enough songs. This is true. So. We should have more song. We need a bard. Okay, right? you can volunteer yourself for that one. I guess I'm like the only one. Well, no, you used to play violin. I used to play violin, but I didn't volunteer to be the bard. I well, so. I never said I volunteered to be the bard. <laughs> I just said maybe I may need to make a jingle. <laughs> I played tenor saxophone for two years. Oh right, I did forget. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, could, we could start like a little... Yeah, me and Taylor were at one point in a band together we were uh, in high school. <laughs> at least I didn't know that, Taylor. At least I didn't know that you played saxophone. That's like new information. I didn't know you were still passionate about saxophone, Taylor. <laughs> Think about it all the time. Like, man, if I didn't put that sax down, who knows where I'd be. <laughs> Just kidding. I literally haven't thought about it since the seventh grade. <laughs> what a throwback. Yeah. Kind of like Perrin and his family, hey? Like, oh, you yeah, only think about, about him when it's for like a long <laughs> time. I mean, I definitely teared up, but like I'm a Pisces, so of course I did. <laughs> Listen, it was broadcast to the world. It was like as soon as they started describing them, you're like, okay, so these guys are gonna die. Yeah, yeah, that that's how I felt. Because I've realized that Jordan has planned a lot about the world and he's planned nothing about his characters. <laughs> it's like, oh, wait, I don't want to deal with parents' he's family. Like, Let's kill them off. <laughs> well, more like he was like, oh, and then it's going to be so dramatic because parents' family dies. And then it's like, wait, have I even mentioned parent? Like, I haven't. Oh, no. <laughs> no, because he was basically like like son to the blacksmith at that point. I mean, I know it's like an apprenticeship, but still. He, he lived with Master Lewin. Yeah. I, I only knew like his sisters and stuff from the prequel that in the first book that not every book has <laughs> oh yeah yeah there also that, that was, was that time was thousand, the first time that was thousands of pages ago <laughs> it's been a minute <laughs> many words <laughs> every once in a while he's like i hope my parents are okay but like that's it <laughs> <laughs> then he was really sad about his sisters and his yeah. little brother you have a lot of things oh to say. do we want to do that before the short summary or oh, do you want to do, do the short, short summary, summary. <laughs> we, we talked about it just before so we've got we've got parent being yeah. an asshole. <laughs> Perrin being rude, rude to Fael the whole time. If I may, being a rudy tooty pants. 
Yes. Oh. I like that better, actually. Thank you. <laughs> for elaborating we've got that was good we've got <laughs> we've got four groups traveling right i forgot fail and her crew perrin and gall following along being rude like a puppy like a puppy we've got rand Egwene, moraine lan that crew did i miss someone there avienda uh we've they're on the their dragon way dragon crew the dragon crew and yes. we've got the fake isodai crew <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah. With yeah. The so we've got the they wolf the crew, bard. the dragon crew, and the fake guys to die. Well, we have the wolf crew, we have the hawk, no, sorry, we have falcon crew. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then the falcon and the wolf. They're separate. The dragon. They are clearly separate groups. Yes, very much so. They are if not at all together. Both of them, they are separate and they are not traveling together <laughs> no. because they are not talking. They're just traveling oh. to the same spot. Rand and crew are on their way to the waste and Roydion. I forgot Matt was in that group, even though Matt is like the biggest part of that <laughs> not really but like mm. he's chaotic nature during that whole situation yeah and then we've got yeah elaine and Nynaeve on a ship on a ship that's like all you need with to the know. bard with the bard and elaine's acting real weird about it real weird it, it's uncomfy it's uncomfy <laughs> it's very uncomfy okay so i did promise last you just time grab your mustache <laughs> I did promise last time. Sorry, I can't. I can't move into like a more serious topic right after you said that. <laughs> she just grabs it out of nowhere. She does. It's really weird. Could you mention somebody doing that to you? I feel like okay. I get talk that, like, more about it when it comes up if you want. Yeah, but. we we could talk more about. It. I just like I'm bothered. I'm like she would know who he is. I just don't buy it. Yeah, personally, but no, it's for the drama. It's provocative. It gets <laughs> the people going. <laughs> All right, so we have some religious symbolism, and I talked about this last time a little bit with, you know, the the roughness that was the last episode and finding out a lot of things about how the story was going to be written. I've come to terms with one other thing I'd like to mention, which is I don't think I'm going to like any start of any book. All right. Because I think that's where the misogyny is just going to shine like a little star in a dark sky because... They aren't doing anything. Yeah. Too much idle time. And I feel like that's not going to go away. They do have this these books. And I don't know if this is where Sanderson got his trademark, you know, Sander Lanch or wh- however they say it at the end of his books. But like these books, a lot happens at the end. And it's similar to yeah, how Sanderson writes. A lot happens, happens at the happens, end. The difference between Sanderson is Sanderson, to my knowledge, and the books I've read by him, he doesn't fill the first 300 pages <laughs> with misogyny, with misogyny <laughs> to make up for the fact that nothing is happening. <laughs> He's actually building up the plot. And Jordan was like, hmm, I feel like enough women aren't naked. How can I fix that? <laughs> How can I make more women naked? So I still have naked women. Don't worry. I still have naked women. <laughs> Everything that bugged me about the from the last episode carries over here. But I and I'm still going to mention it when it comes up. But we're going to be focusing on it. There's less a little bit more because happening. there's more plot happening. So just so you know, still misogyny, still happening. <laughs> just we're more still plot. aware. <laughs> But more plot in the middle. So feels maybe like less. Same, but see, feels like less. The other thing I mentioned was we had the revelation that Tarman Gaiden sounds a, a whole heck of a lot like Armageddon. Armageddon, which is a very religious tide event or word, however you want to say that. And the realization that there's also 13 forsaken and Jesus plus 12 apostles is 13. There's also a lot of references in 
the 13 in the Bible and other religions. So then I started thinking about all the stuff that's happened. And I realized there's there's a couple obvious symbols that I missed, which as somebody who went to a Catholic school, I was actually pretty disappointed you really in should myself. Have, you should have known. <laughs> I should have known. So first off, we have, I think Rand is Jesus. All right. Don't tell him that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. But so we have, and this symbol, I, I cannot believe I missed, but he is branded on both palms. Correct. Which is where Jesus was the nail holes oh, from the yeah. cross. I'm going to learn so much tonight. Yeah, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> so that is something that when he was resurrected, many sects of like Catholicism believe that he still had the scars right. or the holes specifically. So that is like almost a direct reference, in my opinion, especially paired with some stuff that we have happening in this section, which I will point out when it comes up. But we also have a book, book seven, I think it is, Crown of Swords. Yes. I swear to my goodness, everything, <laughs> if Ran wears this crown of swords, this is going to be the most significant religious symbolism for Jesus because the crown of swords is very reminiscent to me of the crown of thorns which Jesus is adorned with prior to his crucifixion. He also has a wound in his side from where they stabbed him with a spear mm. during his crucifixion. Oh, good. So that's... So many symbols. That's, wow. that's there as well. <laughs> so we have a couple things going on. And then I started playing around with some words. So lose Theron sounds a whole awful lot to me, like Lucifer, <laughs> which was the fallen angel. And the idea that, you know, God's favorite angel fell from grace. Right. I mean, he was the most powerful. Yeah, he was the most time. powerful. And, and he, he fell. He ruined the world. <laughs> and then he ruined the world and brought darkness to the world. There's some connection there for sure. I think there's a connection with Lucifer. I still think there's more with the 13 Forsaken and the 12 Apostles plus Jesus, but I don't know if I know enough about, about the Forsaken, Forsaken to like make that connection full. I definitely think some of the names of them. So a lot like, of the names. Oh. So I know there's Samael. Mm -hmm. That that shows up in the Bible a lot. Ishmael also shows up in the Bible. So mm -hmm. Ishmael, there's a story about Abraham. I, I'm very aware I'm talking to people who didn't go to Catholic school, so they didn't <laughs> get these like these you stories. Know. <laughs> you know, Abraham. Oh, yes. So Abraham was one of God's chosen people and when he he essentially remarried and his wife was barren and she miraculously had a child of course <laughs> and then God said cool I would like you to sacrifice that child to me nice and as a show of the look on your guys's face like this is a very <laughs> I've heard this story so many times <laughs> so as a show of how much he believed and trusted God, he went to sacrifice his child and God intervenes at the last minute and is like, oh, thank you. It's like, jokes, jokes. Yeah, there, <laughs> there's that. Ishmael is technically Abraham's first child. Right. It's just from a different marriage. Sarah, who is Abraham's next wife, essentially banishes Ishmael. Oh. <laughs> so there's kind of a, a little bit of a sad tale about that. Hopefully. And... God God eventually goes to Ishmael and helps him because he's like wandering the woods with his mom. And so he ends up having, I believe it's 13 sons, which was, or sorry, 12 sons, which is also like just a very interesting number, <laughs> just in reference to the Wheel of Time. I don't know. There's probably something more there. I don't know a whole lot about Ishmael yet or like, I, like, I don't know if we're going to get more about that later. I don't know. Right. If, that I can make more connections with. I also might have to go back and reread some stuff. I mean, Ishmael is 
knocked off the board. Yeah. But I don't know if his too. story comes like more of the story about how they all yeah. banded together for the dark one kind of. There is more to. I know we're Rand as well. Yes. I guess I can't really say it because that's could potentially be a yeah, spoiler. So but maybe I just, later on at I'm the just end of the gonna, I'm gonna say this. So the Crown of Swords thing, I the only reason I'm pulling that out as a reference and not as just an image as well is because so far every single title has been a literal thing that we've run into in the book, right? We had the eye of the world, we had the great hunt. Yeah. We had the dragon reborn claiming his title. We have a lot of talk about the shadow in this one so far. The shadow I, is I rising. Think, I think the sword of st- or the crown of swords is going to be literal. And I swear if he wears it, he's Jesus. Like it's just, it's over <laughs> at that point. There's too many similarities. No I also think there's potentially something with the Trinity. So Matt, Rand, and Perrin is <laughs> just a little bit interesting. So the Trinity is the father the Son and the Holy Spirit. And again, for the non-Catholic school girl he's in the room, <laughs> the Son, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are all God, but they are all separate beings. Okay. <laughs> and the Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Father. The, the Holy Spirit is not the Father it, nor it, the Son. I don't know if this is a correct connection, but it does remind me of the triple goddess situation because they all kind of make one yeah, but kind, they are different it's, people in it's, different stages. It's kind of that vibe. I'm sure. I'm if you're Catholic, I am sorry for making that connection. <laughs> no, but if that's your frame of reference, it's not a terrible one. Also, the symbol that they use for the Trinity might be something we've seen in the previous section of this book, which was a three-point star. Mm-hmm. It's okay. not generally a circle that connects them. It's usually more like a triangle, but I could see how that could be bent into a circle as well, right. although I do think that was like the Mercedes logo, which I find way funnier. <laughs> just kicking that in there. I just have the... It's an interesting implication if if there's some sort of analogy to the Trinity being made here with right. the three boys, because... They will all, and they do all have this big role, but they're all different people. We've already had the Angriels, and this literally comes from the word Holy Grail or Graal or Saint Graal. Or Saint Angriel. Saint Angriel, Saint Graal. Yeah, yeah, that is a connection. That is a words, connection. Sure. And the Holy Grail is generally thought of, you know, to be the cup that Jesus used during the Last Supper kind of thing. I also think potentially also Indiana Jones. <laughs> <laughs> you might know it from pop culture, including <laughs> the Da Vinci Code, which is oh, actually yes. what I thought of first because we've read the like we read the Da Vinci Code for our book club very close to like me starting this book, and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> connections, <laughs> so much Angriel's going on. <laughs> we also, I think, there's a connection with the sin, the idea of sin or sinning being connected to the one power. So I am saying this because of a couple things I want to talk about a little bit later, but it could either mean that the breaking of the world is a reversal of Eve in the garden condemning women, and instead it was... Men. Yeah, men. Or... feminist. <laughs> Myerin is Eve, right. right? So we still have that, but she condemned the men instead of... Which, which is kind of implied in the Bible because Eve does condemn all of mankind or right. humankind as well as the men because they have to leave the garden. I will say that I did look at... So I can't look up a lot of things, right? I can't check any of this because I don't want to be spoiled. But I did look up what religion Jordan was a part of and he was Episcopalian. The Episcopalian belief, as to my understanding, is that hell as a permanent or eternal death. Right. 
which is also very reminiscent of everything that's being told to Rand about how he won't like be. You'll die forever. You will thing. die forever. So I don't. I don't know if there's gonna be more of a connection there, but it that just definitely reminded me of it. I also had kind of you know the idea of like pretty much any messiah being connected to Rand. So we also have Moses who was born in a time where they were searching out Hebrew sons to avoid a prophecy. And so he ended up being separated from his parents. Yeah, wasn't he sent down a river? Yeah. And I know things. <laughs> <laughs> Look at you. <laughs> and so I feel like that very much connects with what we know of Rand's history so far. And also just the last scene we get here with Matt and Rand going up the mountain was something that was also very important to Moses's story. Right. So, yeah. Going we also the have the connection to Greek mythology, which is uh, just the Titans in general being like, that sounds very similar to the Dark One being sealed away. So I don't think Jordan is just borrowing from Catholicism, mm-hmm. Christianity, yeah. that sort of thing. And I know like he's borrowing from other religions that I'm l- way less familiar with. Yeah. So, but from your knowledge, these but from ones. My, my knowledge and my knowledge of messiahs, like Rand is being given a lot of the things. There's actually one line I'll point out in this one where that was what made me go back and look at all the other signs because I was like, I've never heard of this in any other story other than the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> and it just has to be the Bible. <laughs> like it just, it has to be. Yeah. And like also obviously the connection to like time being a wheel and time repeating itself yes. is more of like, I guess, an Eastern religious theology. Yeah, I believe it's Buddhism. Yeah. And like reincarnation or resurrection kind of. Yeah. Resurrection, I guess, is different in a way, but like yeah, being resurrection is in the wheel. what happened to Jesus, which I will say, if Rand rises three days after he dies, like <laughs> I, that that one you should have seen, like, okay. Alex. <laughs> that was coming. <laughs> that one, if that happens, I am going to side eye you and be like, you didn't know this was maybe religious, <laughs> but. I, I'm sure that's not going to happen. Specifically three days. <laughs> Specifically three days. <laughs> anyway, right. that's my... That's your religious uh, lesson for the day. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to throw religion in everyone's faces. I'm just talking about the religious no, like, it's cool. symbolism. It's, it's interesting to see the symbolism there, too. It's definitely there. Yeah. Like, and there's... Yeah, I'll get to the ones that I noticed in this section as well when we get there. But anyway. What do was... you think, Tay? <laughs> I'm impressed by all your research and those connections that you drew there. That was, it was a lot of them. Yeah, that was, you know, like six years of Catholic school just, <laughs> just really, into you. <laughs> really coming in, coming in clutch there. <laughs> I didn't think I would use a lot of that again, but <laughs> well, like, Jordan was like, hey, here's the perfect spot for it. <laughs> Little did you know, you yeah. know, however many years later, you would be reading The Wheel of Time and you would have to draw from your, yeah. your high school roots there. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the section where so we read chapter 16 to the end of chapter 30 in The Shadow rising if you didn't read that part that's where we are <laughs> then prepare to be spoiled yeah prepare <laughs> we start off with so we didn't open this with telling everyone that parents family died yeah yeah sorry i guess <laughs> the spoiler way back if you didn't read it <laughs> parents family dies <laughs> got fail and so parent bursts into loyal's room the next day and he's like hey we're going through the ways can you take me and then fail just like pops out of the corner Best reading a book ever. and she's like oh Hey, Loyal, like, remember when you promised me that you would actually take me through the ways first, like before anyone else? Like, Perrin can come along if he asks me, but you do have to take me with you. And I, as much as I feel bad for Loyal because he's caught in the middle of this, 
I absolutely believe this serves Perrin right so hard. <laughs> I hate this the most for Loyal. Mm-hmm. I also hate this a lot because I really saw... It, it felt misogyny adjacent the way Loyal really wanted to side with Perrin. I was yeah. like, Loyal, I feel like, listen, I don't know if he would be... He would be upset, but he seemed to really want to like go to Perrin's side. And Perrin was being a jerk. Like Perrin is a jerk through this whole ordeal. Yeah, he really is. <laughs> and this is also the most plot just pushed couple fight I've ever seen in a book. <laughs> this whole everything to do with Fael and Perrin. And, Perrin and all they like, had to do was just like communicate a little bit at the end. And then he's like, yeah, you can stay. <laughs> Basically, I don't actually really know how much they communicated. I guess Perrin just cried and then he's like, okay, I love you again. <laughs> he's like, I got it all out. <laughs> now that I have no family, you're the only one I have. <laughs> now you can come with me. Uh, yeah, so we're not laughing say, at that. <laughs> I will say also, Perrin is very judgmental about Fael over her actions here. He's like really quick to be like, oh my God, you manipulated Loyal. Like you're <laughs> like being- You literally strict. tried to like break her heart. Yeah, Make sure but she also didn't. he came in to the room, saw that Loyal was hurt, and his first thought was not, oh my gosh, my friend is hurt. He goes, what if he can't use the ways anymore? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't really think this is like, like, this is where I'm like, poor Loyal in this whole situation because he's being, he's being pulled between two people. But like, let's not pretend Perrin had his best interests at heart yeah. either. Like, he's completely using Loyal in this situation too. He just doesn't see it as that. Yeah. Speaking of Loyal here, we find out Loyal has been quite the hero during this battle as he like rounded up all the kids he could find and he like locked them in a room and he he barred the door. He held the door <laughs> and he protected Tay, them. Tay, are you as upset that we didn't get that scene firsthand as I was that we didn't get the moonlit walks with Lan and Nynaeve? <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty, I'm pretty ticked that during the battle when the stakes were high, we didn't know Loyal was over there. Saving the children. Yeah. Fighting off the bad guys. I just, really was. We could have cut out all the misogyny and still had <laughs> a, a, enough time and pages if only. for a chapter on Loyal. <laughs> well, we simply could not do that. We we had to leave the misogyny in there. Otherwise, how would people right. know? Sorry. <laughs> that, that the women are awful. <laughs> I mean, how would we know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is very important. <laughs> also for Loyal, though, um, he's talking about how he's writing his book on the true story of the dragon reborn. The dragon reborn by Loyal is what he says. Adorable. So Adorable. He is the author, which actually I don't want to say that because then that would mean that Loyal is a raging misogynist and that would be really upsetting. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's Loyal. But I did think it was cute that he was had the title. Yeah, I, I, I did like that. But I don't think he's the author because I think it would have been a much better story. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he's the author either, just saying. <laughs> So Perrin, he's being a, a, a doo-doo head. I'm trying really hard to keep a G. And a I just... Bag. <laughs> he is being very, very silly, as my nieces would say, because they're not allowed to say stupid. So he says it's kind of a good line, but he's... I hate... That it's I Perrin? hate it. Yeah. No, but I also hate it because... He's just, he's being a jerk to Fael in saying it. It's just kind of, he says, I, she is mule headed and she likes playing tricks. I won't dance so she can laugh. And I like, I won't dance so she can laugh. If it was being said about like literally any other situation (laughs) where he was being manipulated and not coming about the girl that he seems to love so much that he's white fanging her. And I just, 
I like the line and I hate everything around it. He's <laughs> attempting to white fang her because she is absolutely not having it whatsoever. And she kind of should have just left him to die. <laughs> He's being such an ass. <laughs> it would have been justified at least. Yeah. We do find out that Gaul, uh, the, who's the Aiel that Perrin saved back in book three uh, from the village, is going to come with them because he says he owes them a blood debt. Blood debt, I think? Yeah. And so Perrin's got a buddy um, on his travels by himself. Which is good because otherwise he would be very lonely. Yes. Sitting in a camp away from the other camps. Laughing at his own jokes. <laughs> Say something funny. <laughs> and we have, I guess we don't see it yet, but Bane and Chiad decide to go with Fayil because they are yeah. friends with Fayil. They like her. And then we have the scene with Nynaeve and the crew that are like helping Egwene pack, I believe. Or is she just with Elaine in this scene? Egwene's there too. It's Elaine. Yeah, they're they're all there. They're yeah. all there. And Lan just Lan- aggressively Ooh. kisses Nynaeve. Oh, no, so we, we, we have... We have Land bursting in like like Aragorn. <laughs> I wanted it to be like and that. Not to call her out, but Tay has in her notes hot, and I could not agree more. Just <laughs> like I was also again. like, he pushes the door open. He and he just starts yelling, and he's like angry. He's like, "What do you mean? You're going off to Tenchiko?" Like, oh, okay. He does offer in this scene to literally leave Moraine and go with her instead, and then he was like, mm, "No, I'm not going to have you like that." <laughs> Yeah, so she is very insistent that he stays with Maureen as well, which props to Nynaeve. I hate how it's written, and I also hate later how Maureen is thinking about it, but like props to their actions, I guess. Yeah, the way she's thinking about it is like, I'm not going to take take him in that way where he's going to like constantly be thinking he that won't, he won't. She failed. doesn't want him to have a thread back to Maureen. Yeah. It's kind of her thing. And Maureen later is like, oh, you know, I am jealous of Nynaeve, but it like, and I'm like, I... I just wish I don't this part was written by a woman because I feel like it would just it would just flow better because there are complicated emotions happening here and I like that but I don't like the way that they're being explained at all because it's just <laughs> making them all sound so bratty and childish. Yeah. She also pulls out the Emerlin seat letter and then she shows it to him and she's like just count yourself lucky i do not make you dance for me and i was like i just i love her audacity with him which is funny because yeah way back when she was given it she's like oh you can make a warder dance with these yeah yeah which Egwene even notes but then we have like like jordan just said you know i can't make marissa too happy we have to remember that this is a misogynistic novel so when lan kisses Nynaeve, she's like beating on his chest. Yeah, like she doesn't want to be kissed. She doesn't want to be kissed, and then she submits. Okay. <laughs> I just can't. Like this is this is a very like I and I I might I'm gonna sound like I'm overreacting to this because she we understand that she quote unquote did actually not mind the kiss. What I don't like about this is I don't know. We all have partners. Have you ever beat on their chest to and then be like, stop kissing you? <laughs> no, I'm actually so into this. <laughs> no, don't think that. Yeah. Can't no. say I have, it's right? Not a thing. <laughs> no. So I, I understand it's a small moment and I'm not supposed to be this serious about it, but this is also a justification that like comes with sexual assault a lot is like, oh, they actually really wanted it. They just weren't acting like it. Mm-hmm. So this disgusted me and i was like thank you jordan for ruining an amazing scene so in case anyone is curious this did not happen in marissa's world of the book 
they kissed consensually and nobody beat on the other person's chest because I didn't like that and that was icky and gross. It was just a cute goodbye kiss. It was a passionate goodbye kiss. And then I loved his next line. She was not manhandled. There was nothing about that. There was no beating on the chest. But he still says, you have a place in my heart where I thought there was no room for anything else. You have made flowers grow where I cultivated dust and stones. Remember this on this journey you insist on making. If you die, I will not survive you long. (laughs) I am so sorry. I completely ignored everything that happened prior to that moment. And I will be swooning now. Thank you. (laughs) The whiplash. My God. Truly. The whiplash Jordan gives me with this scene is really uncalled for. (laughs) It's so Aragorn like Mm -hmm. that I just, I love it. I mean, how can you not love Aragorn? esque characters or i was gonna say land 2.0 but aragorn 2.0 is what i meant (laughs) yeah very true so he does off yeah he offers to leave moraine and then like you said she has the whole thing where she's like yeah no i'm not no go with her like you're bonded to her and then we have a scene between moraine and tom where moraine asks tom to watch over elaine and tanchico and she offers to tell him the names of the red sisters who gentled his nephew in exchange just just really quickly before that we have him checking out one of the one of the cleaning staff and he says old fool you have enough hands and ears so stop thinking of a fine bosom and remember the look in her eye okay just 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 thanks for that wait remember the look in her eye like what is that even supposed to imply so he's talking about how she has a predatory gleam in her dark eyes okay so he's he's playing you know this this game and doing his game things and you know right okay and so clearly i guess she's playing the game too but she's got a nice bosom yeah and then the like head of the cleaning like the like staff come in and then he just he he also just fat shames her he's so like, oh, yeah he's I like hate her he's like wow she's she's shorter than me and she would weigh what i weigh plus a half she's got a couple chins this this woman she yeah. does not have a fine bosom so <laughs> she is useless bosom. to me yeah get out of here thomas is going around trying to raise spirits like as a gleeman and then he goes into his room because he's so tired and that's where he finds moraine already in his right. room like rooting through all the papers on his desk and just just helping yourself to a little snoop like, sesh, which yeah, love that for her. Honestly, he's been sneaking around, so <laughs> fair. <laughs> and this is yeah, and then he has this like complex dilemma that I was really annoyed with because he was like, "Oh, I can't leave Rand to Moraine and the Aes Sedai trickery." And then she's like, hey, what if I give you like, like names revenge. of people, like revenge? And he's like, cool, bye. And I was just like, I feel like maybe, my dude, the better action is to stop it from happening again than to go after. Like, you're just ex- in your head, you're exposing Rand yeah. to be used in the same way your nephew was and meet a similar and terrible end. But you're like, oh. I have no choice. Okay, whatever. I, I'm done with your logic. Go on your little trip. Get out of here. Yeah. I will say, I guess, like, I don't know if this is what Maureen plays it as, too, is like Elaine being the daughter heir. Like, he knows Elaine, even though apparently she doesn't know him, which, okay. Well, she was like a baby when he left, when he was a woman run out of town for doing her mom i know but like it talks about how she was like 
bouncing on his knee and i just i just feel like her mom would have well i guess she was mad at him so maybe she wouldn't have mentioned it i don't know i just feel like it would have come up at some point she knows enough to remember his mustaches but she can't remember that like there was a court bard before she was born i guess or around the same time anyways that's not the point of this scene <laughs> he decides to go off and yeah protect elaine in tenchiko and and leave rand to Aes Sedai control even though his whole reason for staying with him in the first place was to yeah protect Rand, but yeah, whatever. And then we go to Tarvalin. <laughs> and I just have in my notes, back in Tarvalin, Min has a discussion with Gawain about whatever. <laughs> and Tay, <laughs> just I've never, Tay, Tay was so quick. She was like, it was actually very important. <laughs> Thank you very much. There's so much notes for I you in this with, scene. I agree with Tay, but I also like, it was just, it was funny. It was, it was, it was a funny reaction. <laughs> it's just like, I just don't care about this crew well, he obviously <laughs> had to come talk to her he had to tell her that she didn't need to suck on her finger to look pretty oh, <laughs> the ickiest. okay so yeah he's wanting to know like where elaine and, and Egwene yeah. are so he's asking her questions about this and she's like hello i am un- in disguise dude like and then quit he's asking like, me oh hey pretty lady why don't you tell my my half brother why it's really really wrong to like like what the white cloaks are writing about yeah, or potentially join them like maybe and i was just like how is she supposed to do anything in this situation gavin like what was your ploy here she was gonna be like oh yeah it's a terrible th- like w- this random stranger is going- gonna like i'm sorry alex there is nothing better or more convincing than a fine uh, sorry an excellent <laughs> pale bosom so she just had to pull down her shirt a little bit and we could there avoid is- gal- uh, i assume joining the white cloaks yeah <laughs> like you don't have this in the white cloaks this is true you don't got no pale bosom <laughs> they they do not believe in i can't remember if it sin. ever said it but i'm sure they don't take well it sounds like they don't celibate. they don't take joy in like anything yeah <laughs> classic <laughs> I hate the white cloaks. In and case that's it all wasn't clear. excellent white. <laughs> sorry, an excellent pale bosom is good for. So yeah, that's true. And then also spot Loghain, the mm-hmm. false dragon from book one, who's been gentled at this point and is living in the tower. She sees him with a flaring halo around his head, radiant in gold and blue. That that shouts of glory and power to come. And she's like, "How is this sad sack going to be powerful and have glory?" Like, yeah. This is sus. <laughs> What's the name of the fifth book? The name of the fifth book is The Fires of Heaven, I believe. Well, religious. <laughs> are you are you getting more references? No, I was just like, I was just wondering if there was maybe going to be a connection there. And then you said it and I was like, no, that's heavily fires religious. Fires <laughs> That was that was my train of thought, and I was trying to keep it internalized, but I I didn't know. I could see it on your face. Yeah, yeah. So she basically like runs to the Amerlin, which she's very much not supposed to do because again she's disguised. And but this doesn't matter right now. So she runs up to the Amerlin, study and tells her about this whole like glory thing. And then at this point, the Amerlin also gets a message from Moraine basically saying it's like in secret code but like it's so clear <laughs> that mm-hmm. rand holds calendar which means that she can more like openly quote-unquote support him yeah because he's officially the dragon reborn so she can be like hey let's like bring this guy in and like lead him the proper way yeah, instead this of being is like, not a oh, false dragon yeah there's no dragon what are you talking about so yeah she calls a, a meeting of the hall to announce him oh yeah and then in the other letter tay i'm just reading your notes now she uh learns that mazram time has escaped which is 
potentially fake rand. Oh, good. I'm sure that will never come back. Yeah, up. that was the other option of the Black Aja <laughs> and Chico or find Mad's room came. And well, yeah. that one's happening. So that's, that's fine. And then at the end of this chapter, there's just like a little little blip where we see Sarah Covenry, um, who was the one who brought Min up to the Amelin when she got to Tarvalon. And she's now working on a farm that she's been sent out of the tower. And an Aes Sedai comes up to her and starts questioning her about Min, using Elmandretta as her name. And she wants to know everything that she saw or heard from the moment you took that woman in your charge, everything. And she's like, nothing. Like she talked to Gowan and that's all I know. And then this mystery Aes Sedai kills her. And apparently everyone else who's at the farm, the farm is now silent. Any theories? Do we care? <laughs> I think it's not, not yet. Elida. That's my theory. That's not her. I mean, it would have to be, I guess, a dark friend of some sort, right? So not that I'm saying that's not what Elida is, just... Obviously, it's not like a regular Aes Sedai because they wouldn't be able to just murk someone. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely Black Aja. It could be one of the ones we already know. It could be like Leandrin. I guess we will have to read and find out. Or you will, because Mug. I can't remember who it is. (laughs) So we will all read and find out, basically. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say it's Leanne. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) That's like a straight up guess. That is no money bet on that one. (laughs) Just, just that's. We're going for it. We're going for it. <laughs> I'll throw out a name to throw out a name. There you go. And if you're right, I mean, that's cool. And then th- if I'm right, though, I thought about that. And I <laughs> I just knew. <laughs> you're using, if you're right, you're using Matt's powers of randomness yeah. and mm-hmm. hoping for the best. So then Perrin and crew, or should I say Fael and crew, set out with Perrin and Gall following like the good little puppy dogs they the are. The good little puppy dogs who are so called. upset about it that Perrin says, if she gives me away to Moraine, I vow she'll not sit down for a week. What? Just casual her or something like what was gonna happen there well so also i read this out to my partner and i was like just violence against women hey and no no big deal and he was like that sounds like super sexual and i was like i guarantee you that's not like, <laughs> how he meant it right okay but yeah actually just reading that line I, yeah i yeah, yeah i hear it too but i do not think that was what was meant no instead I think it was he meant he i'm gonna was going to her, like spank her like oh, what is but it not called in a when you uh, switch switch thank you yeah. yeah i don't take you just pulled that out of my head you just went T- the uh yeah telepathic yeah tay <laughs> what do we get from podcasting like this is your mind <laughs> <laughs> also as they're running away or like just as they leave there's like a earthquake type situation and they all kind of look at the stone and they assume it's rand which, which we do a good assumption it is rand yeah yeah i don't really understand like i guess he's the dragon reborn so they just assumed but yeah. like it also felt like a little bit of a big assumption to make about your friend <laughs> like oh it must be rand he's angry again I or mean, something they blame him for <laughs> you know, everything the act perrin was like rand why are you trying to kill rand him? like immediately yeah it's true rand has been blamed for a lot here the default and then our Fourth crew. Well, I guess this is our second crew at this point because we're still talking about Fayil and crew and Perrin and crew as separate. Elaine and Nynaeve get on a sea folk ship and they're negotiating passage because the way it works on a, a sea folk ship 
is you basically like bargain for passage and often passage is like a gift, but you do have to like exchange things back and forth. And the wave mistress and the wind finder are the two like lead yeah, women on the ship. We also get this about the crew. So the grace of the women outshone even that of the men and put of Elaine course. in mind of some story she had heard as a child by listening where she was not supposed to. Women of the Athamir. Mier were in those tales the epitome of alluring beauty and temptation pursued by all men. The women on the ship were no more beautiful than any others, really, but watching them move, she could believe those tales. So she's like, these are average, like mid, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of mid. mid babes, but also kind but, of like, hot. But like they can walk around on a ship. <laughs> Look at them sway. You know why? It's like they have sea legs. Like they can, they deal with the waves well, and like, stuff. Also, like, just- I just... I just like impossible challenge. Jordan described women as being awesome without referring to their beauty. Like, I feel like this didn't have to have anything to do with their beauty. It goes hand in hand. Yeah, because like the sea folk, when you think about them, like the way they're shipped, like it could be awesome, but it's just like. Yeah, but I I, I would have loved it to almost feel like more an unnatural or ethereal the way that they were moving and like that be what was she was drawn to and not being like man their hips really sway yeah they they really feel like they uh you know these stories are just over exaggerating their beauty but man when you watch the move they're kind of (laughs) hot like that they've got got the strut down yeah i was like okay (laughs) Uh, yeah and the wave mistress is kind of like iffy about whether or not they're going to be allowed passage and then the windfinder agrees and says they can go and elaine it's either Elaine or Naive is like a little bit surprised by that. I think it's Elaine because it's in her head at this point, her POV. Yeah. And then we find out later it's because Windfinders can channel and yeah. often they're hidden from Aes Sedai. Like they, the Sea Folk will send girls to the tower that can like sort of channel a little bit just to be like, oh, here, here's our, you know, people we know who could channel so they don't like look too deep into it. Yeah. But turns out the really powerful ones they keep and train as windfinders. Imagine they being have, like, one of those girls, by the way. Yeah. Just like <laughs> you are you like actually the bait. aren't good enough. <laughs> and also we kinda don't like you. So you can go to the white <laughs> <Yeah>. tower. <laughs> Bye. Yeah. And the they keep them because they have like they learn to have like a really huge affinity for the air weaves specifically. Mm-hmm. And they can like find wind. And at the end Elaine is like, please teach me what you're doing because it is cool. Yeah. Well, before all of that though, yes. we have please Tell a us. slender young woman with only one ring in each ear. I don't. Okay. They uh, their tray. ranks are uh, oh, shown through the the jewelry. I was very done with the sea folk because it was very misogyny, and I I was I was trying my best. Free the nip. <laughs> so she she brings in this this teapot. It was the young woman who took the attention though, and nearly brought a gasp. She was bare to the waist, just <gasps> like the men above. <laughs> Elaine hid her shock very well, she thought, but Nynaeve sniffed loudly. I bet you Elaine did not hide her shock, by the way. <laughs> by the just, way, everybody reacted to the two yeah, of them. Yeah, <laughs> like, I just, I feel like Elaine was, like, mouth open being like, I'm handling this so well. <laughs> oh my gosh, she doesn't have a shirt. And then we have this Please. whole section about talking about why the boobs are out, and I just... Again, impossible challenge. Jordan, just like keep like what like the women clothed. (laughs) Why are the women constantly not clothed? 
Yeah, I, I will. This one I can get on board with in the sense like, I think, you know, there's some comments that could be made about comfort. Yeah. But he's done it way too many times for me to like at all. Also, the fact that they're like, they, for some reason, it's like uncomfortable enough for them that they like put shirts on when they get into ports because they don't want to make other people feel uncomfy. Yeah. But then like once they're out on sea, they're like, okay, well. Now we can strip again, <laughs> which I get. Like, I understand the social dynamic. The uh, Yeah. The idea there that like on a ship, you're out in the water and like it would be more comfortable just to not have shirts on. I mean, like it's basically Although, like imagine suit. just getting like something caught <laughs> in some rope and just. Yeah, I was thinking would... about the sunburn, to be honest. I'm. Yeah. I'm definitely a hide in the shade. I mean, if you're a shirt kind of girl. But yeah, if you're out on a ship too. constantly, you probably at some point don't get sunburned. But I mean, Elaine is like, oh, different cultures. But as long as they never make me do it. And also like that. It's still weird. And I don't like pretty it. horrifying and awful and like i can't handle it um and i really yeah. wish that they would stop but like different yeah, that's why it, i understand uncomfy like okay so <laughs> but I, i'm royal so like i get it <laughs> we've got tom and julian sandar that also show up forgot about them i mean we know tom was sent by moraine it looks like julian sandar was sent by lan and lan implied that like he would die if Nynaeve died <laughs> and Nynaeve is like well you two better promise to obey because i ain't traveling with you unless yeah. you're gonna listen to me and Tom is like, excuse me, I'm really old. I don't have to listen to you. And then he was like, okay, you can leave. See ya. So we also have a prophecy from... The Sea Folk as well. Yes. Yeah. And this, heavily religious. <laughs> heavily religious. What do they call him again? So they call the him... Karakarn? Yeah. No, the Koromor. Okay, that's... Koromor? Nice. That's all is, fine. Yeah. So the prophecy is that the White Tower shall be broken by his name, and I said I shall kneel to wash his feet and dry them with their hair. This is a very and it's a little bit shocking to me because every year at easter in a catholic school you get talked to about this scene where mary magdala washes jesus's feet with her tears and dries them with her hair do you know how any tears you would have to shed to wash someone's feet and also to you dry know how <laughs> yeah my sensory issues are going with the hair on the feet yeah no, it's, drying it's, with the hair is but, a lot ugh. like this is undeniably jesus right like this is a direct in as far as i'm concerned this is the most direct reference to jesus because you can't like i've never really seen this in any other thing women drying somebody's ha- like feet with their hair I don't know. It's about a that. very I do know, like, the feet Bible. washing is is definitely the an, feet washing a, a is also a religious thing. thing. Other... So the the it was it's a sign also that a lot of religious people will potentially do or a symbol of the coming Easter because Jesus also washes his disciples' feet. Right. And I mean, he doesn't dry them with his hair, but he washes his disciples' feet before he is crucified and they're offended because he's the messiah and he just washed their feet he washed it, it's a symbol of like humility right so the Aes Sedai very much being put in the position of mary magdala and rand being jesus in this scenario i mean we can't also forget that we have multiple hints here that the white tower is going to be falling at pictures of feet with hair around them because it's really freaking me out that feeling i can't stop thinking about literally every easter like celebration we had to sit through the retelling of this story this is a very christian symbol the symbolism being like super christian here is also like i can't overemphasize the hair sorry tay i feel like i'm torturing you here but (laughs) that hair drag it it's it's okay it's okay i read this line and i was like (laughs) 
Catholic school <laughs> child was like, how did how did Alex not see this the first time she... <laughs> well, let me like, tell you why. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Probably the, you know, six Easter celebrations I had to sit through hearing like this story over and over, probably <laughs> cemented it in my brain a little bit more. And somebody who had never gone did to church not have on, that, on Easter, <laughs> you know, would maybe not have that cemented in their brain. Like it's a less maybe known, but it is like a very potent symbol. Mm -hmm. And this is when I actually stopped and I was like, no, wait. Jesus. a minute there's a lot it, of things rand, rand is jesus jesus is rand oh my god there's got to be more symbolism oh my gosh the brands on his hands like i was like oh my god he's gonna he's gonna die and rise again three days later like i was i went hard into it and that's where it came from that's where it came from so when finally agrees that these two can stay with them as long as they swear to like obey her and they're like grudgingly like okay fine and then we get the the earthquake scene again where Elaine looks towards the Which Elaine stone. also is like, convinced because she sent Rand a letter. Right. Okay. This was also something that she did. So she sent him a letter first originally. Being like, oh my God, I love I you. I love you so I much. And then I can't remember what made her send another letter. It was the Nynaeve land abusive kiss. Right. <laughs> when Nynaeve was like, get away from me, basically, she was like, I got to send Rand another letter and I, not I gotta be too be loving. I got to be in control of this man. So now Rand has two letters, one where she's like, I love you so much. And the other one's like, I hate you. <laughs> I'm like, what? What's the point of so any of So they were like, they just assumed that Rand read the second letter and then erupted and, yeah. into emotion. <laughs> but it's not clear that he did because we never see it. So yeah. You're I've... you're nodding nonchalantly like it's not going to come back up. But like, how does this not get solved? Like, <laughs> he, he rocked the world and nobody's going to be like, hey. I mean, the the earthquake that they're all experiencing is when he puts Kalendor into the stone. Oh, I see. That's okay, what I they're, that. they're experiencing here. So it, in the end, it actually wasn't his anger <laughs> at all. I don't, I don't think we've mentioned this either, even though it's like so obvious. And I just want to cross... Artie's and daughter eyes here. <laughs> King Arthur. Yeah, okay. Heavily I was, referenced. I was here. hoping that you were gonna <laughs> mm -hmm. say that yeah, because yeah. that's where like Althor yes. is kind of de derived yes. from. Yes. And yeah, so oh that like I, I felt like that one was fairly <laughs> obvious, but I, I did realize that we haven't exactly said that. Yeah. So any reader who's like guys <laughs> screaming are at the yeah, phone. Yeah, <laughs> if you're if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my god, I can't believe they missed that. We we kind of just didn't say it, which is not our job. I didn't job say is it say because I thing. didn't know if that was a spoiler or not. But Marissa saying it means that I can be like, yes, that is the connection, like his yeah. name at least, and yeah, like, the things you're seeing. I didn't get the the name connection, but the whole only this one guy can get the sword, and then him yeah, definitely. Like yeah, he's like, I'd just... like to see you try. Like okay. <laughs> That's a threat. <laughs> so here, yeah, this is where we get to Rand. We can go back to... I had one thing. Elaine has like a yes. whole chat with right. Tom oh, how could on I the forget? ship, and who is so familiar that, you know, she she had already pulled one of his mustaches at this point. But, like, she wants to do it again. It's like, don't, Elaine. Like, why doesn't he tell her? <laughs> because everyone in this book is incapable of having a conversation that isn't completely frustrating or solely for plot or world building needs because i swear half these people are keeping the dumbest secrets from each other like tom just say just say the words it this doesn't need to be a secret on i don't know mustache. why like like she's she's having an internal crisis you could solve it and he's like no i don't think i will <laughs> like also perrin 
having a crisis about having to go back to the two rivers could talk to the woman who would like is literally by his side and is saying she will go with him anywhere and explain why she does he doesn't want her to go talk through it come up with a plan together no instead he's like i hate you clearly and i want some other woman to sit on my lap so there you go yeah yeah <laughs> just talk that would be too my question from the elaine and tom conversation was is tom elaine's dad i got this like weird vibe too but i he isn't but he is coinciding with like her also being with elaine's dad like he's not her father but the the timeline is pretty close <laughs> Right, because she's like a baby when her mom and Tom are together. Yeah, yeah. I, I was. It was questionable. Okay, um, I which, didn't think we were gonna get an answer about that. To be honest, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, me either. But if it if it's of no consequence, we can settle that now. I guess I, I don't want to keep you waiting, wondering if Tom is because the 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 conversation between them is just like weird, anyways. So well, like it even like he talked to her as seriously as well as a father to daughter. And I was like, well, that seems like the way Jordan would tell yeah. us something. So <laughs> he'll latch on quickly. I like how that was how you like, because that was also me. I was like, am I supposed to be getting more from this scene, Jordan? Because uh, I feel like you're trying to tell me. Yeah, I got the same vibe. So it definitely reads right. that way. But if well, it's not. I'm here to tell you no. <laughs> I maybe we, could have left that as like a oh okay. we're gonna theorize, but I'll we also have the most not. depressing monologue from a Glee man ever about <laughs> stories and how they're all completely useless <clears throat> and they never survive and there's basically no point in trying to tell them. Like he would not believe this. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. This was Jordan coming through one thousand percent his own particular like point, and also this is heavily. So he does this a lot. I've no noticed in these four books that we've read so far or three and a half but he really likes to be like oh this is the theme that somebody believes in like this is their life like like morals and then in a couple chapters it's like oh conveniently we see it displayed right here. So the, <laughs> what a the grand scene in which we get more glimpses at, you know, where these stories have come from and how they have been kind of butchered over time. Oh, interesting. It's like Tom was just talking about that. <laughs> Thank you for lining that up so nicely. Foreshadowing. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like Jordan is very incapable of keeping a character consistent. And this feels very out of character for Tom. And I think we're supposed to maybe write it off as like he's going through a lot. He's going through some shit. But Some also, <laughs> yeah, also R.I.P. his girlfriend that died and he's never going to think of again. Correct. Yes. Well, he was thinking about her when he was drunk in that yeah, and then bar he, that Matt found him. And he was crying all about the women. all the women. And now he's, he's looking at other bosoms. And he's, he's just going to drown in alcohol. And then was Come like, find no. other bosoms with me. <laughs> <laughs> to find bosoms and ankles galore. There's more out there. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Just yeah. a wing, man. So after this combo between Elaine and Tom, we we get to see Rand sharing his his plan with the class. He's got the PowerPoint out. He's presenting to the group. <laughs> he walks in with like all the Aiel as like his entourage know, guard. Yeah, his entourage. It was an entourage. <laughs> They're it all was, veiled I as well. I am cooler than everyone in this room. <laughs> He's trying to scare them into doing what he wants. He's trying to bore me. 
That's what he's trying to do. <laughs> this was also a Moraine POV, which was a little bit fun. Yes. A little bit Moraine. fun. A little bit disappointing. Were you kind of disappointed because it was Moraine's POV? So like no. some of the things she was saying, you were like, yeah, that's annoying. No, because I was I was I was annoyed at because <laughs> she like at one point she thinks that Egwene is in love with Rand. Right. Is that like what she? No, mentions she at one so point? she goes, Egwene isn't quite as easy to manipulate as I was hoping. And I was like, this is not how people think. <laughs> this, like a manipulative person, even if Maureen is this huge manipulative person, she's not going to be like, yes, I am evil. <laughs> I love the evilness of manipulate. Like it felt so man writing woman. Like it felt so, oh my gosh, we are supposed to be conflicted about her. Also, like I'm zero percent conflicted th- about Maureen. <laughs> this this like feels out of nowhere. Like it feels so out of place for Maureen. Really, she's just like, mm, I'm so glad Tom's gone. He was just filling Rand's head with lies, and I need to be the only voice in his head. And it just came off so malicious. And I was like, even if her actions are resulting in malicious, or like she's doing things to protect the world world that are maybe like not super great some of the time she's not going to be thinking about them as evil acts she's going to be thinking about them as like this is what needs to be done yeah like she doesn't she wouldn't be thinking like oh i'm an evil person there's just there is one point in her like thoughts where i think she like thinks something about Egwene still being in love with rand and i was like she would know like or she would perceive this situation i maybe i just like listened to it wrong it says the girl cannot be expected to accept rand strolling about arm in arm with elaine kissing in corners where they thought themselves unseen and Egwene did not know the half yeah, yet. i feel like moraine would have like recognized that she was like kind of over rand i just feel like she would have been perceptive enough to notice that no but this is this is this felt like i'm supposed to not like moraine i feel like it's supposed to be like oh see like she's not all seeing as we thought she was i guess Great. Like, let's cool. show it. Also, we get a nice little moment where she does reveal, haha, I was right. She has promised Len to Nynaeve, but she hasn't told, she's set everything up. It's a secret. It's a secret. I called it. I love it. Mm-hmm. Love it for them. Also, bad news. Moraine's going to die. That's a year. Yeah. That's so I guess. think, I don't think she's making it. I would yeah. conservatively say I would be surprised if she makes it out of book six. But right. I think it's going to happen sooner because Whoa. I think it's going to happen sooner than that, to be honest, because we're now getting, oh, no, this is what's going to happen if I die. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this is what's going to happen da, if I da, die. Da. <laughs> also, he's he's kind of trying to turn our favor on Maureen, which I feel like is also a way to be like, I'm going to kill off this character. So you don't have to be too mad at me. Right. The foreshadowing isn't isn't subtle, you're thinking. Yeah. All right. Mar- Marissa's calling it now. I would say I would. Mm. I feel like it might be this book i'm fairly certain it's gonna be at least in five but i think she's not making it to book seven all right wow i timeline wise i do i do agree with you i feel like she's gotta she's gotta go otherwise like the land thing it's not yeah gonna work otherwise but the prequel is about moraine right yeah. so i think she's gonna make it to what was it book 10 and then the prequel was released i feel like she's gonna make it till book 10 and then we're gonna get her background post death i think with the way i think you should probably not say anything yeah, is what I, I, think. Guess. <laughs> I was gonna say what the prequel is about but i guess yeah I'm not, um, to, not to silence you but also it's okay if you can't comment I guess is what I'm trying to say, because I would rather 
not be like spoiled but i i do think it's gonna just the way he's writing about her now i think it, it is it's giving hints for sure all right versus calling it now well so, i said i said within the next like three thousand pages to no i know fair. but i'm just saying like you you're calling <laughs> that this is going to happen yes no i she's <laughs> definitely not making it to the end yeah. at all all right no she's dying for all sure right. i would i this is not the one i was talking about earlier but i would bet money on this okay all right as well i am i'm really channeling matt today oh, wow <laughs> i was ready to bet <laughs> keep your ankles away from me you're very confident i love it <laughs> okay so through moraine's pov we get the info that rand is sending tear against karian sort of um which sucks for tear because they really 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 wanted to fight Ilion, but rand is like no dice and their job is to kind of keep the peace and then like hand out food and there's like a weird scene with like some of the high ladies here where he's like oh like your husband who's like dying but like you kind of poisoned him maybe like he's gonna go to this person and then you're gonna this, hand out food i, I, I don't, don't know if i like, don't know if it's, it's i don't like, know if the specifics were important and I, i'm if they were then i'm i'm really banking on tay taking good notes and reminding me of it later to be honest with you <laughs> But I think this was also just for the point that we were supposed to be like, hey, look, Rand is a political mastermind. No, he (laughs) is as what's the word? He's as good at this. That's not the word I wanted, but it's the one I have. He's as good at this as Maureen is. (laughs) Right. Because she's kind of like because she's going to die soon. So we have to know he's self-sufficient. Also, it's important to know we didn't mention it it's just like a side note when elaine and rand are hanging out that elaine is giving him yeah they're they're (laughs) kissing in corners elaine is also giving him like advice on how to deal with the um lords and stuff he's got he's got his little political gal yeah she's got the training for this lassie i do like the collaboration there in a sense that like she can i don't know meet him yeah it's gonna be great so she can guide him through the political states min can guide him through the spiritualness and lanfear (laughs) can guide him through the carnal endeavors And then he can take all the credit for everything at the end because he's the dragon. (laughs) Well, also, Lanfear can train him. So So we have no more need for Moraine. She's expired. We we kick Moraine out and Lanfear's coming on. He also puts Kalendor back into the stone as a reminder. he puts a... Wording on it of some sort. (laughs) I was imagining more like proximity mine. (laughs) Like he's got like some sort of trap on him. (laughs) He booby trapped it. Yeah. The booby trap. If you touch it, your your boobies come out if you touch it. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, right. that's what happens. <laughs> that. You laugh now, but it's going to happen and <laughs> no. we're all going to be not ready. <laughs> like, oh no. He's going to be like, I knew it. The boobies that totally are out. wasn't a joke. <laughs> so he puts it back in the stone and it's supposed to be like a reminder of him because he can't be there because he's going away on an adventure. And But he wants something for everybody adventure. to remember him by. So he puts the stone. Or he puts the the sword there, and then and, and then they go to Maureen leave. Is pissed, and Maureen's like, "Are you gonna tell me the rest of your plan yet?" And he's like, "No." And he has this nice little internal moment where he's like, "I've had to trust you, so you have to trust me." When when have you trusted her? <laughs> yeah, you've been fighting her this whole time when? and concerned show that she me, was gonna kill you and do all these things and use you. Exhibition of one exhibit of you trusting Maureen, <laughs> and I will accept this line because I. Don't think that happened the way you thought it happened. Yeah, zero percent of the time you trusted her, and he announces it's just like it gave me 
maybe this is bad, but Bilbo vibes where like Bilbo's like, I'm going away and uh, I will be gone. <laughs> and that just disappears. And all the AIEL walk off with him. And so Maureen and Egwene run up to him and he tells them that he's going to Roydeon, I believe, is when he tells them that. And Egwene's like, oh, sweet. Like, same. We'll just travel together. Matt's like, oh my God. Cool. Me too. <laughs> this is so convenient. Wow. So then I'm we've got- I'm so glad we didn't have to break off into the fifth group. <laughs> yeah. We couldn't cool. have too many groups. <laughs> So Ran, Moraine, Matt, Egwene, and Lan are traveling towards the waste. And Rand is like, I got to tell him at some point how we're going to get there. Uh-oh. And then he reveals he plans to use a portal stone, which Moraine Matt- is not happy about this. And Matt is Matt is stressed. Mo- Matt is the most unhappy about this. Actually, Matt is... Matt is traumatized. Yeah. yeah. The PTSD. He did not have a good time. He says, I've... One life to give away, don't I? Why not like this? Bloody portal stones light. (laughs) He is unhappy. (laughs) He's like, I'm going to die and you're going to kill me. And I hate that I'm letting you do this. Also, though, like when they get there, he's like, hey, want me to just like flip a coin? I'm kind of (laughs) lucky. He's like, you're probably going to kill us. But like, let me just like shoot my shot here. (laughs) And Rand's like, okay. (laughs) Let me shoot my shot. <laughs> yeah, actually, I was like, "This is this is the most D and D thing that has ever happened." Like, you're sitting there, and the dungeon master is like, "Hey, so you're gonna use the portal stone. You have to choose between these two symbols." And the the person with like the best luck in the group <laughs> is just gonna be like, "I let me roll for it. Let me roll for the decision." <laughs> Yeah. I'm kind of lucky. It's also like, you know, when you get into a situation in D&D 2 and then like you've you've done all the perceiving, you've done all the yeah. investigation you can do and you're finally just like, oh, screw it. Let's just go through the door. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. It's probably a trap. Yeah. I'm probably going to die. But. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> and Rand has a Sangreal that he had found, which is like a little man, kind of like the uh, one that Moraine has, but it's his is black stone or maybe it's green it's really dark green i don't know anyways rand goes up to the stone that rourke has found Again, he's replaced even that from yeah, moraine even, even though he doesn't know how to channel but whatever uh rourke points out like the two symbols that are sometimes used for Ru- roydeon matt pulls out his coin matt's like hey let me flip a coin and rand's like sure he flips it and rand's like it's gonna land on this one and then it does land on that one and matt's like all right go for it Egwene is distraught also she's like are you gonna let him do this to maureen maureen's like again when have i ever been able to control (laughs) this dude She's like, when have I let him do anything? Yeah. And Maureen... Did you not forget in the last book he ran away? Yeah. He's like, away from me? <laughs> I guess she wasn't there, so she wouldn't necessarily have known. Oh, uh, yeah. You're right. You know what? She wouldn't know because none of these characters talk to each other. <laughs> so I'm sure she doesn't know how this happened. <laughs> but it works. Rand uses his Sangreal and he gets them all to Roydeon. He is severely, like, drained by doing it. But he gets all the Aiel, all the horses, everybody there. And they're all in one piece. So Matt was worrying for not because he did it. And then Maureen reveals, she's like, oh, actually, I did have a letter and the wise ones said we would meet them today. So, you know, I figured you would do it. Yeah, she says, <laughs> we'll find out how we may be about to see how useful dreaming really is. Yes. And we have a lot of interesting stuff in Roydeon, a lot of annoying stuff, a lot of naked <laughs> What are you talking about? It's totally normal to strip down to your... To run across the desert? Naturally. I'm honestly starting to feel weird that I'm wearing clothes anymore. (laughs) It should just be natural. Always not have clothes. Like, duh. (laughs) If if this podcast was written by Robert Jordan, we wouldn't be. So it's okay. (laughs) Naturally. You you can only podcast naked. That's like what... (laughs) That clothing would get in the way of the female thoughts. Of course. 
Yeah, it's actually just a distraction. So we arrive in Rodion and the wise ones and like a bunch of the seps, I think it's all the seps, are waiting for them. And the wise ones walk up along with someone who's like Ruark second, I believe. And then we have Kuladin, who we immediately hate. Hopefully he never comes back up again. Right? <laughs> and Rand, yeah. Well, that feels... I hate Kuladin. <laughs> Rand asks the wise ones permission to go to Roydion. And Kuladin is not happy about this. He's like, absolutely not. And they're like, excuse me, who are you? Leave. And we find out here, like, so Roydion, the clan chiefs, when they are like offered the position of clan chief, one of the requirements is you go to Roydion and you walk through this Tyr Angriol. And if you survive, you get to be a clan chief. If not, you die. <laughs> Those dun, are the dun, options. Dun. So they agree, but not before Matt can ask to go. Matt's like, hey, wait up. <laughs> I want to come with. And the wise ones are like, excuse me, who are you? <laughs> Why are you here? And Rand's like, no, actually, he does come with me. Come on. And then they do like the kind of ceremony where they're basically like, you're dead to us until you come back kind of thing. So like, we don't speak to you. So they look, look over his head. And Matt just like turns to him and is like, well, I guess the dead can talk to each other. Let's go. <laughs> I just loved that yeah, line. It was good. Matt. It was good. That was good. I know that the description of this area is that it's like super hot, like hot, hot, hot. It's so hot, but I cannot for the life of me, no matter how hard I try, not picture <laughs> a snowy mountain. It's just really hot. I don't know why, mountain. but the whole the whole time in my head, I'm just seeing a snowy mountain and they're like, wow, it's so hot. It's literally like burning my feet. And I'm like, you're like, what do you mean? It's snowing. <laughs> <laughs> incorrect <laughs> you're in the snow and i don't know why well you know when you are in the snow at like high just... altitudes while it is cold the sun reflecting off the snow is very bright and it would burn your face and you would potentially get sunburns so like there you go that was a reach a little bit <laughs> maybe like this. i've gotten a sunburn no, from yeah. the snow before yeah no no no. you get sunburns from the snow but the the, the hot yes. the hot the hot 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 <laughs> I'm I'm fully aware they're not on a snowy mountain, but in my picture in my head, you can't you can't stop picturing the snowy mountain. I hate it when that happens. No, I because I, like, I know it's wrong. But you have to keep correcting yourself. You're like, no, yeah, <laughs> literally, and it doesn't work. So all right, so I I I wasn't like I was imagining a hot place, but I was also having this like much smaller problem imagining it. I don't know why I couldn't stop imagining them in the shade, like <laughs> in a shaded area. And then I, they kept being like, oh, it's so hot. Like so-and-so is going over to the shaded area and I have to like move them in my head like out of the shade. And I was like, right, it's right. They're like in the sun. And I was like, this is a long time to be in the sun, guys. Like, I don't know. Like also, there's a line here about how Lan just like doesn't care about the sun. And I was like, yeah, he's so manly. He doesn't get sunburned. So. <laughs> he doesn't even sweat. <laughs> yeah he's like giving everyone else like and he's fine like he comes from a place that's like usually cold like shinar and faldar like it's i know the blight is hot but like they get snow up there so like he's used to colder temperatures i believe so the fact that he's like in this desert and he's like i'm fine he's just manly men don't sweat (laughs) nothing can face him except for nanive she's the only thing that rattles him it's canon Mm -hmm. yeah I, I agree with that. So Rand and Matt walk off and then the wise ones turn to Avienda and they're like, you have to start your training. You've been putting it off for too long. And then Egwene's like, oh my gosh, she can channel. Duh. That's why I love her so much. And Moraine's like, 
Yeah, you're a child. I knew that. <laughs> so uh, Avienda has to start her wise one ch- uh, training. So and- she has to get naked. Yeah, and to do that, you got to get naked and do the exact same thing that Rand Ooh. and Matt have to do, but naked. <laughs> it's it's a different Tyrael, but still, I don't understand. Women do yeah. everything men do except backwards in heels, but also naked. Robert Jordan. <laughs> classic and i i don't like yeah i guess she's ideal so you've got to follow the but i i'm wondering if the clan chiefs have to go to rodeon naked because they didn't make Rand do it so i guess just wise nobody wants a naked man this is true only women only women and they talk about how this would have been a perfect opportunity just by the by for robert jordan to be like no look i do make the men naked sometimes too because or just not make her naked i assume i assumed it had to do with the rings that she has to go through which sounded very similar to the arches yeah but i don't really understand why the poor poor girl couldn't walk there fully clothed and like take off her clothes (laughs) and then go through them if it was important to be naked also like which i don't think it is i I doubt it's even actually that important i think it's just to like make you also uncomfortable on top of the fact that you have to be uncomfortable and face your fears like I don't see why the magic of them would I not work on clothes. Jordan like naked, naked women, women. <laughs> and also really enjoyed the humiliation that comes with it. Like they're very exposed. I think that is the point of it: is to make well. <laughs> you also feel exposed on like well going. Except through this. it's not happening to the other people in the book. Yeah, it's only it's the ones with boobs. <laughs> Because that's all we want. Yeah, it's also not all. anyone he's described as not attractive. Beautiful. Yeah, of course. It's only the hot girls. They have problems hot too. Girls. <laughs> hot girls, we have problems too. So she clearly doesn't want to be a wise one. She's like, I am Fardar Asmai. Screw you guys. And they're like, listen, so was I. But you got to do it. And I think it's because she could channel. She has to be a wise one. I'm pretty sure that's like the reasoning here. I don't know if that was like explicit, but that was my take on that. And she has to give up all of her weapons. She puts them in a a pile and they're like, yeah. And just to cherry on top of this, she also has to get them turned into things that aren't weapons. And she has to give them out to children. (laughs) Again, humiliation. Yeah. Coming at the price of being a woman. Yes. Correct. They talk about how not even not even just a woman, but a woman who can channel aka sin. I mean, you're not wrong. <laughs> they talk about wise one training a lot here, and one of the things they mention is that the training in the tower is, you know, easy compared to wise one training. And Queen is like is mind blown. Uh, <laughs> I hope not, because that's scary for me. <laughs> More beatings, basically. And then we have Moraine, who... Yeah, so Avienda runs off. I do love her little quip at the end where she's like, okay, fine, I'll go. And she's naked at this point. She's like, but I am going to beat them there. So... And she runs off and is like on we, her and way. And we do. Matt and Rand do see her just yeah. fly well, just by Matt. them. Or, yeah. And Rand's like, all right. <laughs> Rand's like, totally okay, Matt. <laughs> sure, dude. <laughs> sure, Jan. And Egwene is finally like, please talk to me. Like, I'm dying to learn things. Just teach me already. And they're like, okay, chill out, girl. We're going to go get some shade first. And then this is where they tell Maureen about the things they've been seeing. And, and that she will die if she does not go through the rings. This is true. And of course, because we're women, she also has to get naked. <laughs> Which I also thought maybe it was a punishment for Avienda getting naked because she had like avoided her training and then they made Maureen get naked. And then I was like, it's just Jordan. And it's I'm like, Maureen isn't even from Jordan. here. <laughs> 
she will not like think, she's not think, used to this heat. i think the logic would be that they have to go through the arches naked so they have to go through the rings naked but you made one thing misogynistic so you could make another thing misogynistic because all that happened <laughs> and she kind of like asks them some questions and they like sort of slip up that like she's either she's got to go through through these rings or she's gonna die and maureen's like pretends she didn't notice anywhere. that at some point or at first and then she's like all right i guess so i i assume i have to go you know without clothes as well and Egwene helps her take her dress off and, and then-, then she crouches naked in the carpets peering down at the mountainside toward the fog shrouded city then she said do not let land follow me yeah. he will try if he sees me and then the wise ones are like hey, if it happens it happens we don't care yeah, like, <laughs> I, we're not gonna deal with that <laughs> <laughs> like okay yeah like land would see her like there's just no way he wouldn't like he's her warder naked moraine just <laughs> running off in the distance <laughs> it's so not serious it's so funny this is from a comedy show like this this all-powerful Aes Sedai crouching in this tent just completely nude and then she takes off on a sprint (laughs) towards a city also like I'm just like the thought of running in a desert with no like oh gosh she's gonna get sunburned so bad and I just I feel bad for her sunburned like sandy dusty dust everywhere i don't like it gosh i don't know i don't want to talk about this anymore (laughs) (laughs) so we catch up with rand and matt and they are outside of roidiana this is where we get matt being like no i swear i saw avienda and she was naked and rand's like okay matt all right (laughs) and they're watching they're outside of roidiana looking in and it's covered in fog but it's like a weird kind of fog. And it's a special fog. It's special fog because it doesn't go away and it should have gone away. Like it should have been burned off by the sun. They walk through it and they get into Rodion, which is basically like an unfinished city. And we see the history of this. We're getting close to my prediction. I'm right. getting excited. <laughs> <laughs> it's an unfinished city currently. And it was it was built by the Aes Sedai and the Genail, if I remember correctly. Or it was like built for them. Anyways, we don't learn that yet. But... Rand makes some water come out of a fountain, and he's like, ha, they told me I couldn't bring water, but they didn't say anything about the water that's already here, and they drink the water. Matt's big upset about it, too, because it's the power, and it's bad. But he also is very thirsty, so. Yeah, after he, he like, chugs them down, and he's like, wait. Don't do not do that. Yeah. Where'd this come from? Stop it. Yeah. But you wouldn't do that. <laughs> like, okay, well, you enjoyed it, so. And Rand's just, like, standing there staring at it, and he's like, dude, like, the water, drink it. And Rand's like, all right. <laughs> And Rand enters the glass columns. It's unclear if they're going to work or not because he's not naked. But shockingly, <laughs> shockingly, they do. For men, it works. Ta-da. He walks in there and they, go they, ahead. they have to flip another coin to decide if Matt's going to come with him or not. And this one lands on the edge and it's and then like falls in Rand's favor. It's unclear if that was Rand or if that was Matt's luck. It sounds very much like it was Rand because also- Matt is like very insistent that it was Rand, mm-hmm. but also he makes the point that he doesn't want to be the clan chief. Yeah. So he doesn't want to go through these things. I don't know. Also, Aventosaurus yeah. is just like yeah. there, yes. like the tree of life. Also, here it is. <laughs> so we found it. That was easy. So Rand goes off <laughs> through these columns and Matt's just like, wow, what am I going to do for an hour? And what do you know? He comes across another stone doorway to Agriel and he's just like, F it. Matt, <laughs> Let's go. don't touch that. <laughs> he's like, this couldn't be bad. Like, what? 
you can only go through it once. Wait, yeah, I'll just figure it out. Why not? And he attempts doesn't to ask- think that maybe it has a different purpose either. No, that never not. crosses his mind. Not one single time. No, he goes even through, when he's in there and, and there's creatures that are not. <laughs> They're actively not answering his question. And he's not like, wait. They're also like different. They look different. They look different. Like these are not the snaky folk. I'm confused. Yeah, they have like these different clothes. Also, he mentions that like, like potentially. some snaky folk, by the way. That was just like, I was like, this sounds. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. these are the foxy folk. <laughs> they have foxy faces. But he also like oh. notes at one point that like the color of the like straps this guy is wearing are like a weird like pale leather. And then at in the middle of it, he's like, oh, my goodness they think that's skin i'm just like ew (laughs) that's disgusting and he's still like why aren't you answering my questions i don't understand it's like clearly they are doing something else matt like yeah so he tries figure it out he tries to ask who is the daughter of the nine moons and why do i have to marry her how will i die and live again and what does it mean that i have to give up half the light of the world yes and they answer nothing and they do not say anything. So he keeps talking because that's <laughs> obviously the best idea when confronted with something you don't understand is to just like he is like a child just like like in a, a piece of equipment just pressing all the buttons and seeing what they would do. And so he keeps going and he or says. Or like, uh, like someone like trying to use a computer and they like yeah, don't understand. They're, so they're just like clicking the buttons trying to get or it. Or like, like stop, you're using please. like a slow browser and yeah, instead just of just waiting clicking. for it to look you just keep clicking and then when it like loads it's open up like a million pages yeah matt's tabs are so he's many got he's got so many tabs open, open. <laughs> and then he says i walk around with holes in my memory holes in my life you stare at me like idiots if i had my way i would want those holes filled but at least answer my questions but at least answer to my questions might fill some of my future kind of thing and then they just say done and at this point Every other human being I know would stop talking <laughs> because but you not Matt, my friend. Realize that maybe you are crossing into something you don't want to do, and then he says, "You are as bad as the Aes Sedai." Well, I want to be free of Aes Sedai and the power, and I want to be away from you and back. <laughs> And I will not, if you will not answer me, open up a door. And then they're like, done, done. <laughs> cool. Yeah. And then he gets like thrown into the abyss. Yeah. Because they're like, the bargain has been struck, basically. And you didn't say a price. <laughs> so your so price is we you get the hung. Price. <laughs> and you die. I don't know if he officially dies here, but he's getting hung right now. <laughs> he's hanging from the tree. He's hanging from the tree. And then what better point to just join Rand? <laughs> yeah. And we're with Rand. <laughs> And so this is where we ran goes through these columns and Mirrodin is also in there. Marissa is hyped right now. Uh, Rand is also, yeah, so Rand's going through the columns. Mirrodin is in there and he can see him in the distance. And as he, like each step he takes, he's like walking through another memory. And the memories are in reverse chronological order. I loved this. Yeah, I love this too. This is like so cool seeing all of this. I will not, I'm, I'm pretty... I feel like I'm pretty good at saying when I like things that Jordan does as rare as that maybe he is happening lately, <laughs> but and and critiquing him. But this was so cool. Yeah. And I will say, I think maybe the first one could have been done a little bit better to ease into it. And like, because it was very sudden and it took once I got to the third one, I really realized what was happening. Like mm-hmm. the second one, I was like, oh, I think 
I kind of like am feeling it out here. But it was still so many things being thrown at you at once that it was very overwhelming. And then once I got to the third one, I was like, okay, I get it. And now I'm invested. Yeah. So it's following like a line of people through history, but it's going in reverse chronological order. So you start at Roydion is built or like getting built and the clan chiefs are being called to Roydion for the first time to walk through the Tirangriel that Rand is currently walking through. And then we go further back through there and we see how the Aiel came to be, what they were originally. We go as far back to see like just before the boar is being drilled and we get like the whole history of the Aiel as well. Yes? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. but we, I don't know how you guys want to go through this. Do you want to go through it by like memory by memory or what do you have i I, i'll just read my point okay you do your point we can discuss my thing and then i can also go through the book that i have because it explains it a little bit more in depth i just remember the first time i read this i was like what is going on and then once i realize it's in like reverse chronological order i get it a little bit more gonna say what i'm thinking as a fact and then i'm gonna be so deflated that's what (laughs) i think is gonna happen right now She'd be like, obviously, this is this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I'm like so curious what you're thinking. But it's either going to be really obvious or it's going to be. I know. I'm really excited. Jaw dropped. And I'm hoping for the second one. All right. I've built it up too much now. (laughs) Rand goes through the columns and learns the history of the Aiel Aiel and the Gen Aiel, which Aiel means the dedicated, and Gen Aiel means basically the only true dedicated, is like what it roughly translates (laughs) to. Which, which is really just like, we're the real ones. We're the real ones. <laughs> Jokes. <laughs> it's really whatever you do, I can do better. <laughs> yeah, really. So long, long ago, the Aiel mm. were like a pacifist group that served the Aes Sedai. They were called the Daishine, Daishin Aiel. And they knew songs like the Ogier. Interesting. And so they would like sing to seeds and things like that. And often they would, they wouldn't fight, but they would sacrifice themselves to save others. At one point in one of the memories, it talks about how like thousands of them were like singing to like ward off this group to allow like a village to basically be, or a town to be saved. Yeah. And when they get to the point where we're past, the boar has happened and the world is breaking and things are happening right now. The Aes Sedai, one of them has a foretelling, which realizes that the Aiel are connected to the dragon in some way. And they are going to die out if they stay in the cities. So they task them with this big task to carry a load of Tirangriel to a place of safety. Tirangriel, Angriel, and Sangriel to a place of safety so they can be protected during the breaking. So mm-hmm. that's when they originally they get sent on this task. They've got all these wagons, which is not what they normally do because they're like talking about it, but they've got these wagons of these magical things and their job is to just kind of wander until they find a place of safety to place them all. And then we have different scenes where we see certain groups splitting off. So the first group we see splitting off eventually becomes the the Tinkers, the Tuathon. So throwback to me saying, wow, it's so weird that the the traveling people have this saying about the song and the Aiel have this similar similar thing about this person that they would know by seeing them. And I can't like fully take credit for seeing that they were going to come from the same sect, but like throwback to me just noticing that and being like i wonder if they're kind of there's some connection here turns out yeah there was i did mention the tinkers were connected to uh different cultures yes so i i did when i realized that was happening also i got very happy because i was it also i i do really i'm gonna give jordan some compliments here i really love that kind of tie-in like we waited three books for that to come back mm-hmm. and he doesn't make a big deal out of it so it's not a huge thing but if you noticed it you were like oh that was so worth the payoff 
And I like that we see this through like thousands and thousands of years and you see where things were lost mm-hmm. and found again in certain ways. So like the the group that splits off, they're talking about songs because at this point they've lost the original songs from the Daishai Nail and they want to find them again. So their whole thing is they're like, this is a pointless thing that we're doing, just carrying these song reel and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, we don't want to do this anymore. We want to go off and find our song and be happy mm-hmm. again because we're miserable and the one guy's like no like this is our duty we got to do it we got to stay and they're like nope see you later so you can infer there that like that's the group that becomes the triathlon because they're the ones searching for the song and then the next ones we see split off because at this point the Aiel are still the pacifist group they don't fight they get raided and stolen from at certain points and I think it's this one where and it's implied that this has happened like a lot yeah they get like children are stolen from them and so naturally they're girl children of course and a group of them decide we're gonna go and it's implied that at at other times they have gone and like got the people back who were stolen they've Mm -hmm. been able to like do this and get things back but without any violence and this one raid that they do things go wrong and the one guy picks up a spear and stabs someone and is like "Uh uh-oh what did i do so this reminded me also of another biblical story cain and abel Mm. so this was kind of uh, like not quite similar in the fact that he's not necessarily killing like his brother but the story of cain and abel is you know, Cain, there's more to the story than this, but I'll keep it short. So Cain essentially kills his brother. And then God's like, hey, what happened? Like, where's Abel? And Cain's like, I don't know. (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) He literally says, I'm not my brother's keeper. And then God's like, "I I know you're lying to me. Like, I see his blood on the ground. Like, you are banished, essentially. And that's the first murder. And it just kind of felt that similar, especially when he came back and he, his father was like, you're no son of mine. Yeah. That was very, very reminiscent of that. So at this point, and they've killed other, like there's a few men that have been killed in this point, And they mm-hmm. come back with the children that they've rescued and they like bring the children back and the girl is like, oh, they killed someone. Yeah. Thanks for speaking up, sis. <laughs> of course. <laughs> rat (laughs) and the mom and the dad are like get out of here we don't want to see you you're no son of mine and the mom specifically says like i don't want to see your face or my son's face on the body of a killer who are you that addresses me so hide your face from me stranger i had a son once with a face like that i do not wish to see it on a killer yeah and so this is also not only where we see the first aiel like starting to defend themselves but this is where they have the tradition of covering their face before they kill as well it's kind of where it comes from and then it was because it was dusty right they were wearing the veils because it was dusty. dust veil like they call them dust veils but this is like where that starts basically yeah and then the next one we see the group of aiel that are protecting themselves have been like following the caravan like protecting them from a distance kind of thing but they've grown so there's been more gen aiel that have defected to becoming regular aiel um, and at this point as well daishine aiel is like not they just use aiel at this point mm-hmm. and we get so the group has grown and this is where i roll my eyes at this one we get a group of people coming to the aiel and being like hey our children were stolen and one is a woman and she says my daughter was stolen and they're like, okay, you come with us, you know, you collect weapons, but that means you can't go back to the Genile if you pick up a weapon kind of thing. Yeah. And the woman picks up the weapon and the guy's like, well, you don't have to fight. It's okay. We'll do it for you. Okay, baby. And she's like, nope, 
I will. I'm gonna get her back. Like I, this is me now. This is my life. And like, so this is supposed to imply that this is like the first maiden of the spear. Of course, she's trained by men. Trained by men, and they like cut her spear down so it's shorter. So this is why all the Aiel now fight with short spears because I, I... misogyny. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so I, and the problem with this is not the woman fighting. Obviously, it's the fact that it's so special that like, oh, the first woman. I don't know why. No, I do know why. But this is kind of like the thing I'm, I'm noticing with Jordan is he's like, oh, this is the world. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And then he's like, oh, OK, here's more about the world. I'm like, OK, still cool. And then he's like, let me tell you details about exactly how this happened. And I'm like, you could have not. You could have kept a couple of those things to yourself. Like, <laughs> I didn't I need was, that one. <laughs> you know, I didn't need this origin story for the women fighting because it's so special. I could have just assumed that they... We're fighting the whole time. Yeah. We're fighting the whole time and they were also splitting off. Like I didn't need this to be special, but okay, I guess. Yeah. So that's one of the ones we get to. And then we keep going, you know, further and further forward, but it's backwards in yeah, so order reading. Just again, you know, just just once I started again, from the bottom. She started from here. the back <laughs> and moved forward because that's chronologically. So in case you're like following along in the book yeah. and you're like, whoa, that's not how it happened. Start with the last one and that's, move forward. It makes more sense to me that way. And then after that one, we get to basically the Genaiel like dying out completely, I think is the next one. Or at least like it's showing another layer of where like there's really not many of them left and they continue to be like killed or pilfered. Like people are stealing from them, all this stuff. And then eventually we finally get to the spot where like the Aes Sedai show up and say like, hey, here, Ruidion, this is where we're going to go. We also see like the Aeol going into the waste for the first time. Mm -hmm. And they were working with wetlanders, quote unquote, to like dig wells because they were looking for water. So they were like, well, if you dig a well, you can take the water as often as you need kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so this is and also this whole time as well, the group the Genail with the Sangreal and stuff, they have saplings for Avendasora also along their journey. So the final one ends up getting planted in Roideon. In the last scene we see, basically, because I'm forgetting the middle first few there, is you see Roideon and the Genail and the Aiel are looking at them thinking they look like us, but like they're not us because they don't have weapons. And the Aes Sedai that are there are like, you know, if you're a clan chief, step in here without your weapons and go through and like yeah. relive these memories, basically. And so the whole point of this is that they want them to remember their past. So they remember like the original Purpose. sin that they did, yeah. basically, by not choosing to fight or uh, protect these things and show them their original purpose so that they stick around. Because even some of the the wise ones talking to the clan chiefs say, like, we've been told this in our dreams. If you don't come here, your sept is going to die out eventually. Yeah. And yeah, I just so this find is this also stuff interesting. Very, like, I think there's some connection here with, like, the Jacobites, like, wandering the desert, I think, is, like, the biblical kind of, which is a story I'm less familiar with, so you won't get a big long rant from me. But yeah. Give us your theory. Do you want to hear my theory? Yes. <laughs> So in the last two, we have Kumin. Sure. Sure. <laughs> I'm getting a sure. So Kumin is the one who 
is part of like the singers and he gets to sing with you know all these people to to do that which i also think that the song i assume that the song that they're singing that's the song that the tinkers are looking tinkers are looking for and he has a nice little thought about charn and he's talking so charn is telling stories about that the forsaken never used to exist there was a time before the forsaken and and Kuman's like, that's impossible. Like, I've known war my whole life. Like, what are you even talking about? And then he says that, you know, there was no Forsaken and all this stuff. And he says, you know, he actually, Charn actually served one of the Forsaken, specifically Lanfear. Mm-hmm. In the next section, we have Charn, Charn's POV, which like, sadly, Charn gets killed, which is like horrific. Yeah, not and just get like hung <laughs> from gets- like a railing. yeah. Yeah. In this scene, like, Kumin is finding out that, like, Luz Theron has essentially succeeded in resealing the Dark One. And the townspeople are, like, attacking the... Daishan, I yell at this point. Yeah, Daishan. And saying things like, Lanfear won't protect you anymore. And then in the next one, we have Charn, who serves under Myurin. And she was, like, the first Aes Sedai to touch the source. Or, like, the, the true source. The source. Yeah. Which has both the male and the female. It would be one that both women and men could share. Yeah, to and the on. idea is that they're going to have this like new power and they're going to be able to tap into like more than that. So the line that tipped me off to this was not actually all the evidence before, but it was the way he described, and I, I think it's like the Sherom is like a floating thing in the sky. Mm-hmm. And he says, what seemed a tiny chip of white spun away from the Sherom in a jet of black fire. And then it like falls to the ground, which very much, again, I was looking heavily for religious symbolism. I was like, that sounds like Lucifer like falling from heaven. Like that's the image I'm getting connecting this to biblical stuff. And then I was like, but there's this whole thing where like this is almost a sin or something, like they're being punished almost. And then I was like, wait a second. And I went back and I read all the things that said he served Lanfear. He serves Myerin. Myerin is Lanfear. I'm like convinced of it. All right. I like it. Anyway. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I so believe you. I, yeah. yeah I, I think, and I, and I think, and I'm actually, I'm less convinced of this one because I don't really know who these people are and they're just being named like offhand. But I would guess Biedemon is Ishmael because it says that they were going to work together. And I'm assuming Biedemon, and I'm probably butchering his name. I'm so sorry, but I don't have a pronunciation guide. (laughs) So (laughs) I would assume that that was a man because I would assume that they would have wanted one male and one female Aes Sedai. Mm -hmm. And so I'm assuming that the two people that tried to touch the source became the most powerful Forsaken. Obviously, the woman was weaker, but they became the most powerful (laughs) Aes Sedai because... I mean, he served her and he the person he served was Mayerin. So I think, yeah, I'm like convinced. Like I would put a large sum of money on right. her being Lanfear. How much? How much? <laughs> like $2,000. Oh. Oh, you are con- okay. I'm convinced. All right. Wow. Tay, you taking that bet? <laughs> Tay agrees with no, me, I think. Absolutely not. No, yeah, I... So did you did you very solid have that theory. thought or was I alone? Um, I can't claim to have had it okay. when I was reading it. I re- but hearing you say it, I really it was the I'm like yeah that track. It makes a lot of sense to me. So okay. 
I also think that potentially, because we have this aspect of Lanfear being a little bit more humanized, so he is setting up a stage for almost a redemption arc, potentially. I don't know if Forsaken can be redeemed. This, I wouldn't bet any money on, by the way. This is, this is, this is, just this is a side thing. thing. But I think potentially there might be a moment where she is instead of her swaying Rand, he sways or almost sways her. Right. Okay. When Lanfear pops up at the beginning of this book to talk to Rand, and she's talking about teaching him, she's talking about the Dark One can teach him, or she says she can teach him. So she what I'm pointing, does she give a, a name? I'm trying to find it. And she says, but there are those who could teach you, show you what you once knew. She doesn't say it's her. But I'm thinking what's cooking in my brain from asking that is because we know Moraine can't teach Rand anything because she is a woman. And then also because she's the woman power. <laughs> it um, sounds it sounds so wow. bad when you take it out of this book. You're like, she can't teach <laughs> she's him a because woman. she's a woman. <laughs> but she can't teach him because she touches Sidar when the men touch Sidine. But whatever this little combo thing we had going on here, she said she had found a new source for the one power. Female and male would be able to tap the same source, not separate halves. And then if that is Lanfear and thinking that she'll be like, oh, hey, Rand, like, I can teach you because we can touch this power instead. Yeah. But I, I'm just spitballing coming up with that. I... Also, mm-hmm. just while I was looking for this, I did see where she introduces herself to Rand. And she says, Celine is only a name I use sometimes, or I sometimes use Luz Theron. The name I made my own was is Lanfear. Yeah, and yeah, if you go back to book name. two when we were introduced to her, and both of us found this really weird when she said, I am not Aes Sedai. Not, like, she doesn't just say no to being Aes Sedai. She, she goes out of her way to say, I am not something. Like, I am not this, which makes always made me think that she was in the past that so that also just really fits yeah that was that was the big oh yeah. this girl is forsaken she does not so she doesn't mention anything else she just says like i can help you learn basically yeah i think at rand at one point says because he's thinking about it and i could find where it is if we need to but at one point he's kind of thinking about how well he's doing with everything. He's like, I'm so awesome. I know everything. I have such great plans. And then he starts thinking about Celine slash Lanfear. And he has a thought of like, she could teach me, which I also was like, mm, interesting. Like, obviously, we're not done with Lanfear because she's just so beautiful. So I do think I made the joke earlier that, you know, she is going to be a part of Rand's life. I do think she's going to teach him. And I do think he's going to attempt to sway her to a, a lighter side. And that's going to be kind of a battle that they fight out. Very interesting also, because I do think she's a stand in for Eve because of the original, the the sin was touching the power and the source of, and the true source is kind of just a reference of sinning in, in general, but also the idea that they like tried to take it too far. So they had this power and everything was fine and dandy and everything was great and then they pushed the envelope right they ate the forbidden fruit and now they're being punished right all right i like it mm-hmm. yeah so that is that's my theory <laughs> all right <laughs> i'm here for it i like it i like when you guys have threes you like it and you hurt two thousand dollars yeah <laughs> unless you've already read the book, book because then i will no longer be taking that <laughs> because i will be wrong <laughs> well, yeah that's illegal but that is the history of the Aiel and the wise ones know this and the clan chiefs know this and they've all been keeping it a secret from everybody again 
just secret because we so just can't communicate in this book. Why? I I, I just like, want to say one more time. I love this section. I love how it's written in reverse chronological order. I just I think it's a brilliant move. It's fascinating to yeah, watch. It was it was it was it was so enjoyable to read. And then every time it came back to Rand, I was like, stop taking, like, I don't care. I know you're stepping forward. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> and we slowly see, like, uh, Muradin as well. Not handling the news. Yeah, very much not handling. <laughs> yeah. Like, and then at the end, eyes. he's just disappeared. So we not. can infer there that Muradin didn't make it. He could not. You can't handle the truth. Muradin <laughs> cannot handle the truth. <laughs> All right. Then, then Rand comes out and he's like, wow, there's somebody hanging. He's like, whoa, who's hanging from the tree? <laughs> It's Matt. That's <laughs> just hanging just, from a tree. Little boy Matt. Neck. He just had to die for a second. Yeah. So Rand runs over oh. and he like chops him out of the tree, and God. then he does this weird form of CPR. And I don't know if when this was read, this is how people did CPR. I've never once heard of when like, it was lifting written? their hips. Yeah, like when the book was written. Yeah, like, you that's... said when it was read, oh, <laughs> but I just yeah, yeah. <laughs> when it was written. When it was read, it, like he's <laughs> lifting up his hips and like slamming them down. It's just very strange. No, say it. Say the question because we have a response for you <laughs> what 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 is this hip lifting doing yeah like what is truly like what if is the cpr nobody what, knows but what? it's it's provocative yeah. <laughs> it gets the people yes going. it does and he revives matt he saves him it literally sees the waist of his breeches <laughs> and heaved upward lifting his hips off the pavement up and down three times then back to breathing in his mouth it's giving pillow friends yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know what's happening but. so matt comes back to life i get like he he was so i wrote down in my book i don't even need to look at it because i remember it vividly and i was like this is the most boring <laughs> dying and coming back i've ever like they were like oh you're gonna die and then come back All i don't this know stuff. if he like is officially dead, dead well here. he doesn't hear a heartbeat yeah, for a second so that is that so is i yeah, he's, i'm assuming just has bad ears. i don't know i'm assuming this is part of his not prophecy but the, the it does answer. say explicitly you will die and live again and live once more right i think yeah. is the full thing so i suppose i guess we're living again this and is, i was like this, this is, is the most boring life. way to fulfill that like <laughs> thank you dun, dun. but we see that matt has has some goodies he got a goodie bag from <laughs> from the foxy people because the foxy he folk. just can't help himself <laughs> he has a medallion with a fox head on it which ran breaks the leather when he like opens up his i don't know when he's doing the cpr whatever matt picks up in his pocket overly aggressive (laughs) and then he's got a cool new weapon which is like a spear quarterstaff (laughs) basically it's like a mixture of a quarterstaff it's like it was made there it is (laughs) there that's provocative that is provocative i was wondering who this was i was like that's my boy that's my boy I I'd wasn't like, expecting like that for everyone listening, which is everyone, that we're looking at the cover of Taylor's book, which uh, whoever's, you know, we'll, we'll try to put in a link to it maybe yeah, so you can see the picture. I'll post it. Yeah, it's one of the like we'll be on the Instagram. newer covers of it, but it's got our, our boy Matt with uh, with his new weapon, which I guess I won't name. He's also got some ravens behind it. And so on this weapon, it's got ravens and it's engraved with some writing about a bargain or a deal being sealed or something along those lines and matt's like ha this is a funny joke yeah (laughs) i I just i can't imagine being that stupid (laughs) sorry silly absolute chaos (laughs) this is best 
is our treaty written? Thus is agreement made. Thought is the arrow of time. Memory never fades. What was asked is given. The price is paid. Is he going to have like a crazy good memory now? Like he's not going to forget I mean, He just anything? asks for his the holes in his memory to be filled. So. Yeah, but that wasn't like... He was not careful with his words. That could he be, was... you will never have another hole in your memory. You're going to, you see your parents kissing, that's never going to leave your mind ever, ever, ever again. <laughs> you will not be able to forget a single thing. There's <laughs> Everything will, all those lives he lived in the portal Ugh. stone the first time. Is he going to have like photographic memory? Of... He's going to be tortured. He's going to have more people. PTSD. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. Man, if you couldn't this forget things, trauma. But like, look at that picture of him. Just with the weapon. And but the he's way hot, he's walking. So okay. I just can't. I can't. <laughs> it really does. <laughs> Doing something for you. Okay. The people going. It really gets the people going. That is that is provocative. <laughs> no wonder he was lifting his hips. Yeah. I, I also. <laughs> just getting ready for that. <laughs> Ren was like, wow. man so after he revives him they get hit by a bubble of evil which is just like dust mites just just, (laughs) dust bunnies just the wheel of time spitting out some little dust kind of reminded me of like uh do you remember i I think it's in oh what's the studio ghibli movie the uh my my neighbor totoro where like the little like the dust mites come out of the vents and they've got a laugh to get them away remember that scene (laughs) yeah i think they're all like well you they know, didn't collecting. try laughing so. no they did they didn't and i mean that could have worked and they run away out of roideon notably they leave just before dawn dun, dun, dun. he who comes with okay, the dawn so he who comes with the dawn and i said that's matt for no reason <laughs> and matt is about to come with the dawn so. so it's between matt or rand okay but rand has the thought like he read this from one of his prophecy books. He will come from Rudian at dawn and tie you together with bonds you cannot break. He will take you back and he will destroy you. Uh-oh. So is he talking about himself as the dragon? The dragon's going to do this? Or is Matt going Matt's to... Matt's going to kill Rand? Betray Rand. I guess you'll have to continue way. reading to find out. <laughs> I feel like it's just going to be the dragon thing. I mean, if we're following the... the prefer a little bit more. The Jesus analogy, we do have to have a betrayer. Well, I mean, that might also make me like Matt even more <laughs> if he was the one just to look at the picture. Of, just look at the cover of The Shadow Rising if you ever feel like you don't like Matt anymore. And then I just love it so much. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Heated. <laughs> and then we, unfortunately... I'll send you a close-up later. ...have to join back up with Perrin. <laughs> what do you mean? Yay. This was really oh. not the worst part we had just this we just section. experienced this like awesome set yeah, section epic and then retelling we had to join of a people that had only a-hole. minor misogyny you know just a little which, bit of naked no 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 no. <laughs> well there was a lot of naked no, there. Just, just whenever a woman was involved no was but it? like through the memories you know we just had really the minor the, ma- the maiden thing that i thought was and and the women who were yeah yeah and well like, he didn't show anything because he's a gentleman so that's fine yeah mm, that's yeah. a joke by the way and we, that we... was a joke i don't <laughs> think that hit so i'm gonna say it because sometimes i want to be clear <laughs> <laughs> but i i yeah i as go through these books and make jokes about you know oh women and stuff we are saying that so sarcastically yeah all of the sarcasm yeah in case you it. missed the sarcasm if it wasn't picking up just go back and listen to the previous episode where we i feel like got less sarcastic about it. <laughs> <We're> <laughs> <a little serious>. distraught <laughs> 
We are going to laugh our way through this book, Tay. <laughs> Me and you together. <laughs> <laughs> laugh and cry. We can do it. We meet up with Perrin and like immediately just have a scene where he like grabs Fail by the scruff of her neck whatever that means so basically. I read this as you Wh- tried to humans don't her. have the scruff of her like you can't just like pick someone up by also, like their neck yeah so Tay pointed out that it was probably the back of the neck which again I don't understand and I was just like well this man <laughs> but I guess Fail is like stage, so petite and tiny this, and little that she can just be picked up the blocking of the, the scene is man. not is not making sense for me that he just he's just like the back of her neck. Also, I like really, she's still on a horse, and y- so is he. It's <laughs> I think Jordan forgot that for a moment, to be honest, because she's like beating him as well, which is also not yeah, okay. Also not yeah. good. Yeah, no abuse goes both. Also ways. not good. He, she slaps him twice, and he's like, "Please stop!" And he's like, and "Please, please stop!" Again. And then she's like, "I'm going to do it again." And then she does it again and he's like i told you not to do that and then she starts punching him and then he grabs her by the neck which even if it's the back of the neck and then it fades off and i'm like so you just said so they just abused each other they are being like and then he was like just fade to black (laughs) not the good kind of fade to black it fades off and then parent goes well it was her own fault yeah yeah that also sent me awesome parent thanks awesome love that like i mean she what she was doing was not okay but also your reaction was not okay these are the most toxic thing happening i i'm so torn on this none of the situation (laughs) but so this i feel like i just want to say this reads as man emotionally abuses woman woman physically abuses man man retaliates by physically abusing her and potentially strangling her which is like very much in the realm of possibility it's vague based on how it's written but it's i could definitely see that being what jordan meant to imply without wanting to say it Mm -hmm. because of how he likes to not word things that maybe may get judged it's shocking and i will just like to say if it started with Fail, I would be very like he's kind of retaliating almost in self-defense. But I don't think this starts with Fail. This starts with Perrin emotionally yeah. abusing her and her reacting to that. And he's literally trying to trick her in this moment too to be like, oh, I disappeared. I'm not safe. Maybe I like to prove her wrong, which is an incredibly mean thing to do especially at this point in the story, not justified in hitting him. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that. But this just reads on so many levels. And I just want to point out because we're going to make jokes and stuff. But if you're in a relationship and a man strangles you, there's like a 90% chance that he will kill you. And that is a very scary statistic. So this really like, I hate this with Mm -hmm. my whole heart and soul. Mm -hmm. I don't care if that's not quite what he did. I don't care that she started it. I don't care. This is so unnecessary to be written. And I hate this relationship so badly. Yeah. Yeah. They were cute for like two minutes in the last book. And then it's just been toxic the whole rest of the way. Yeah. Like dangerous, toxic, violent, unhealthy. Many levels. To bring it maybe back to a little bit of a later point, you said something about Egwene and Rand at the beginning of being like the makeup breakup couple from your high school. Like, (laughs) it's like they, parents said, hold my beer. (laughs) <laughs> and I'm going to be the most toxic couple in this yeah, book. Just Thank you. Wait. <laughs> also, he said, Marissa said she liked me for a second. Hold my <laughs> beer. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's not a good look for either of them. And I think it's brushed off really easily in this book. And the Aiel are laughing about it. And Loyal 
I feel like is everyone else who's reading this just like completely uncomfy. <laughs> Silly. So and we have this joke about how, you know, Loyal intervened and Fael was upset about it because she was going to pull a knife on Perrin. And it's just, it's so unnecessary too, because like we've said, they are going to make up in like 15 pages. You just like have like maybe just a nice relationship where we like don't beat each other. Yeah. Like that's, that could just be a thing. But that could be a thing. No. Imagine that future. No, apparently not. <laughs> we do get to like basically almost the way gate and they're attacked by Trollocs and a Fade. Notably, I mean, we were just talking about Fael and Perrin being terrible and toxic, but at one point while they're fighting the Fade, like we see the Aiel are fighting the Fade, Perrin is, and Fael, or sorry, did I say Fael? No, you said yeah, Aiel. Aiel and Fael. It's, it's, it's hard because everything rhymes in this book. Fael chucks a knife like straight at the Fade's face and it hits. And I'm like, this girl can hold her own to like, she is able to fight and Perrin still very much, oh no, my poor breakable girl can't hold, like, can't fight. She is weak. But, like, Fael is on it during the fights. Like, she can take, she can take yeah. it. Yeah, and Perrin, then not to be outdone by Fael and her amazing knife throwing, is like, I'm going to finish off this fade. Yeah. And then the fade looks at him, which I don't know, have we gotten that their fade looking at you is, like, a huge thing, or was this just retconned? Uh, yeah, no, the fades are supposed, like, the their, their look makes you feel like fearful basically extreme it just makes you feel fearful because it it was like does it not affect him or it affects him it doesn't he he's like very proud of himself for having looked a fade in the eye yeah i think also too this comes a little bit from like his wolf powers like he can ignore the fear a bit but made it seem and maybe i just like misread it it made it seem like there was almost supposed to be some sort of magical effect or something with it but i guess that maybe that's just like the fear yeah like it's <laughs> the look that a fade would give you is supposed to like freeze you in your tracks basically right. because you are so fearful anyway of, so like, he stares the fade back and he's real proud of himself but he's also not real proud of himself because he's the line in his head is like something about wanting his teeth on its throat yeah, and he's like, oh, and no, he's like, I'm oh, a no. human. I wolfed I'm a real out boy. again. And he's, I wolfed out. <laughs> I, <laughs> Jacob. <laughs> and he shatters his head, like the Fade's head with his hammer. Yes. Which, again, I feel like maybe the symbolism is more important to Perrin than me, but like his whole dilemma about the axe versus the hammer just feels really silly. It's just very, like we have Rand literally watching a man claw off his face and then Parents like, God, I don't want to use my axe. <laughs> I'll use the hammer to kill instead. This is where Perrin really starts to bring out the the Rowan vibes from Aragon with the hammer. And I think maybe the like the symbolism is supposed to be like similar to how the Aiel use spears, but they won't use swords because swords are specifically for fighting. And uh, yeah, you can't cut spears. down a tree with an axe. I guess that's true. Yeah, an axe can be used for things. I don't know. His is supposed to be a yeah. war axe. I, I oh my know. gosh, a, thing, a war okay. axe during a war. Yeah, it's. I- can't be also a hammer just seems so inconvenient to fight with <laughs> i would be terrified i know it's like like a large like I, I know it's not like a regular hammer i have he's in my house he's got nice arms come on so he can swing the hammer yeah just even as hard as the axe them, i guess as if yeah like. those shoulders <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like this woman who has 
you know, years and years of like ageless experience and stuff. She's not checking out Them the shoulders, though. Shoulders. <laughs> she literally uh, has no. Len following her around. Like if she's gonna, if she's gonna look at anyone, she's gonna look at Len. Guys. Yeah, come on. He's no. got shoulders. Too. If she's gonna marry anyone, it won't be Lan. Don't you worry, Naive. But she knows the face of I'd her. I'd marry Lan. Same. Anyways, <laughs> so they fight off these Trollocs. They fight off the Fade, and they can hear more Trollocs in the distance. So Perrin's like, "Let's go. I don't care that we're not a two groups. We're running." And we mm-hmm. have. Yes. Also, the wind, the black wind is is showing up and Loyal is like stressed, obviously. So they run out of the ways and Loyal's like, everybody get out. Like, I got to be the one to close this. And as he comes out, he has taken both. He's taken the leaf from the inside. So he's basically locked the door from the one side. So they can't come in from the ways. If you were on the other side, you could figure it out. Yeah, that's that's all cool and I love Loyal and I, I'm not trying to sound bored but I was so distracted by Perrin watching Fael almost break her neck and her horse's neck and him being like almost in a tone that he's like she deserves that yes <laughs> he's like, it's like so she should run from this man very quickly yeah he can have his hawk lady also so so he gets out he locks the door and then Loyal's like I he won't destroy the way gate he doesn't want to like he can't do it but this is like the best he can do is lock it from the outside or inside Good or whatever for Loyal he Sweet he's Loyal. he's unlike everyone else in this book aka Perrin he is actually you know folding his values bending his values rather when necessary even though he's staying true to himself he manages to fight with a weapon even though ogiers don't do that and Perrin's having an internal crisis of whether he's going to use his axe or his hammer to smash someone's face in it's like he's got two favorite outfits and he doesn't know which one he wants to use you know (laughs) (laughs) fayil comes over to Perrin and like checks for his wounds and then Perrin's like i don't understand why she's not mad at me and i'm like or she's mad at him so she's like getting mad at him but she's checking his wounds and like helping him because she's in love with him and i don't know if it's here but he notes that he kind of wants to like apologize yeah. But he doesn't want her to think that she was right. Yeah, because he's so stubborn. And I was just stubborn. like, I hate you. He's like mm-hmm. so clueless as to why she's angry at him, but still checking his wounds. He's like, wow, women, so confusing. I don't understand. I'm yeah, like, dude, then- she likes you. You're hurt. She wants to make sure you're safe, but she's mad at you from before when you were an a-hole this whole time. Like what? It's, it's very yeah. clear why she's mad. It's not confusing, but then we have him backed up by Gaul. Like, ugh, and he's women. like, women are hard to understand as the sun. You can't explain it. What do you mean? You need it for life and that's it. And I was like, excuse me? I, I just want to know what everyone else is seeing here because I'm seeing a woman who was hurt by someone she loves and is making sure he doesn't die. Unlike you, Perrin, she doesn't want you to break your neck. Shocker. It's so fascinating. Shocker. Parent also, you know, reluctantly tries to use his wolf power, but he cannot find wolves. And then he's upset. Anywhere. And that is stressful. So this is not what's happening. But I had this tiny little bit of hope that he was going to lose his wolf powers because he was like (laughs) pushing them away so hard. That was the vibe I was getting. And then he's going to be sad about it. And then he was going to be upset about it. And I was like, I was going to be, serves you right, man. Serves you right. You missed out on an opportunity and that's what you get but instead there's just no wolves there yeah there's just no wolves which is not not good we don't like that yeah no we like we like the wolves so they set up camp with Perrin and Gaul setting up further away and having the situation where like the girls are all laughing because they're having a great time at the 
girly camp and Loyal's not happy to be there. He's just trying to read. Loyal's trying to move over to yeah, Perrin's like, camp also, Baron's which camp. I was like, Loyal, you know better than this. Sit and read your book. But Perrin's like, turns to Gaul. He's like, do you have any funny stories? <laughs> and then, and Gaul's like, I don't know. And Perrin's like, ha! oh my gosh, <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> and I had literally just watched this episode of friends where rachel's trying to impress joshua and they're like she had this party for him and she's sitting with chandler in the kitchen and she's like say something funny and chandler goes like what and then she just starts pretending to laugh and i'm like this is exactly and then joey walks up and he's like what's so funny and And chandler's like i said like what like what and he says huh that's a thinker yes exactly exactly I can quote every episode of Friends. <laughs> <laughs> After this, Perrin so, goes into the wolf dream. Really quickly, before the wolf dream, he sees ravens. Yes. Like a lot day. of ravens. He also sees a two hawk. a hawk get two. killed. There's two and then hawks. the other hawk and the other hawk is like flying away madly. Murdered I don't... by ravens. And it gets taken by a raven. Yeah. Yeah, it gets taken by a raven. And then he sees this horde of ravens. It kind of implied that they're like looking over and Perrin's like I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> I'm just not going to think about that right now. <laughs> and I just, I just can't, man, if, if everyone in this novel could talked, speak. they would be half the size. And also they would, it's the miscommunication tropes galore over yeah. here. And I, that is my least favorite one. And he's like, I won't tell anyone about the Ravens. He's also not only, he's like, I'm not going to tell anybody about the Ravens. Also, it's probably not a big deal. I'm like, you, I, I just, I hate this man <laughs> so much. I hate it's him. such a big deal. So much. Yeah. He is not smart. Perrin's the worst. Remember when I said he was going to be like the thoughtful one? Remember yeah. those days? Just wanted him to have cool wolf powers. I thought Perrin was going to be the best of the three. Been a rude it's, awakening. It's my boy Matt. <laughs> yeah. Maybe just for me. Which Anyways. even he tells Gaul about it later. And he's kind of like, I don't really think it's a big deal. And Gaul even says to believe a thing is not to make it true. <laughs> <laughs> Gaul's Which like, you're an idiot. Like, one exactly and two gall knows what's up and three parent you're an idiot like stop <laughs> and so parent goes into the wolf dream and he tells gall like kick me awake if anything happens and gall's just like okay <laughs> seems legit <laughs> and he kind of figures out how to travel around it's kind of tied to like what you're thinking and like your wants because he's like oh i want to get to that spot where the ravens might have come from and then he just takes a step and he's there so he starts to figure out that like he can travel really far if he just like looks and thinks about that next spot and then he gets there and he sees someone in the distance like bending down or looking down at something and he's never seen like a human in the dream that he doesn't know because he also like can't find hopper yes he's calling for hopper there's no wolves and this is again weird to him he sees some images here he also yeah i think this is probably why he sees some like windows yeah what do the windows have Thing amid a storm winds, laughing wildly, even madly, arms upraised. It's just a good look for him. Rand hidden is eyes going watch. Hidden, hidden eyes watched Rand, and there was no telling whether he knew it. The odd window winked out, only to replace by another. And even Elaine stalked cautiously through a demented landscape of twisted, shadowed buildings, hunting some dangerous beast. And then he's like, "I don't know how. I know it's dangerous. I just do." <laughs> And that's you, the Perrin. voice that Perrin has in my head. <laughs> Matt standing where a road forked ahead of him. He flipped a coin, started down one branch, and suddenly was wearing a white, wide-brimmed hat, <laughs> walking with a staff bearing a short sword blade, which is just the most Gandalf 
like image ever, <laughs> but also looking at the pointed. cover of Tay's book, it's hot. It's provocative. It it's provocative. Not wearing the hat here, though. Also, Matt at like the crossroads. I feel like is interesting. It's hot. Well, yeah. Yeah. It and makes then we me think have supernatural. a Gwen and a woman with long white hair were staring at him in surprise while behind them the white tower crumbled stone by stone. This is getting to the point where it feels like everybody's seeing Eamon's Field or Eamon's Field in ruins and like all these people screaming and stuff and then them all being like, wow, I just miss home. It's like nobody's going to comment on the fact that you're all seeing the white tower like fall. Nobody's going to say anything. This is why Possibly bad things happen, guys. at all happen. There is no way i'm assuming i mean i guess that's amice who's with her at that point too and then it's at this point where he sees a guy in the distance and he gets to the point where he was and the guy like disappears or runs off they have like did this remind anybody of a video game when they're like chasing each other i was thinking like sonic <laughs> yeah like the little speed runs yeah <laughs> that's great yeah. i didn't imagine it like that but that's way better <laughs> He looks down where the guy was standing and sees a dead wolf and that and immediately starts chasing him. He's like, this is bad. The guy was skinning it. Yeah. What could kill Gross. a wolf here? Something evil. He's like, wolves don't die. They just go to the dream. I'm like, Karen, again. It's like, they go to the farm. <laughs> That's what oh, giving. no. <laughs> it's really rough. giving that. That's rough. He chases him all the way to a big metal tower with no doors or windows where have we seen a big metal tower with no doors or windows did anybody call that it was going to come back in book four i think someone said book three taylor said it was going to i said we're never going to see this again i think i said it was going to be i thought you said it was going to be book three maybe i said that (laughs) someone said book three yeah somebody somebody was sure that it it wasn't going to come back so i was just like He's just putting Did I, I you know there. what it does sound like something I would just throw out because I <laughs> I just I do like to just throw out and I, it's going to come in book 3. I now that I'm saying it out loud I remember kind of saying it. So I'm going to take credit for it. I'm 90% well, I mean, sure. you were close book 4. I did think it was going to come back, but I also knew that there was going to be a lot of stuff that we were never going to see again. So I wasn't super sure but i'll mm-hmm. take the credit and then hopper appears at this point as well and he's like don't do it and then someone else appears a blonde chick and she's like he's right don't do it <laughs> and also oh you can talk to wolves yeah. and then she tells him like the story of the tower of genji and what is in it basically yeah and she calls she keeps calling him archer she calls him archer yeah he's holding so a if- bow at this point is her name bridget or brigitta it's brigitta i don't know why i say it like that but this brigitta yeah it's brigitta yeah one of the heroes of the horn that we saw did it explicitly say that in the book on this one it said it in the second book when she appeared to help oh the blonde one with the okay with the silver bow more than two blondes yeah you're like "Mm, that's who that is she did have something silver hiding in her clothes so she tells him about the tower of the genji in the land of the eelfin and the eilfin and how like don't go in there basically yeah once once you enter the tower from the real world it's really hard to leave but like in the dream world it's pretty much impossible but parents convinced the slayer went into the tower we don't get information about like why it's hard to leave though right like there's nothing explained 
I'm wondering if this is going to be like a labyrinth situation. Well, it's okay. So it's a tower. Alex looks like she's actually contemplating it. <laughs> so I feel like no. <laughs> the tower is a doorway to the realms of the Aelfin and Eelfin, which are the snakes and foxes. Snaky people, foxy people from the Terangreal. And also from the game, the snakes and foxes, they're connected, right? Yeah. She mentions that. Yeah. Yeah. The children play a game model after the deals made with these people. The only way to win is to break the rule. I find it interesting the connection here that like so it's this like tale basically right and then they mm-hmm. like made up this game of it and then like kids play this game yeah, and it makes it's... me think of like child like nursery rhymes that are like actually super dark and awful but like kids like like ring around the rosy like that kind Apparently, of I don't, that's kind of not weird. actually true eh oh really i don't know well even uh <laughs> the dark versions of like disney movies yeah the fairy tales and stuff I had a different issue, which I was like, this just, it sounds like snakes and ladders. And then it's just like, (laughs) that is exactly what I thought. (laughs) I was just like, why is there just this, like, it's like Hollywood got a hold of the rights for snakes and ladders and tried to make a dark horror movie about it. (laughs) When you hear the game too, like, I think it's described at one point and I was like, this sounds like snakes and ladders. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, I feel like that wouldn't be a far stretch (laughs) to say that. I was just wondering if it was going to be like the labyrinth of like Greek mythology, but that was like really a guess. Yeah. It was like if he's going in with a piece of yarn, I mean, even to get if his way around, we know if you're like connecting this to the the snaky people and the foxy people. Like when Matt goes into the Tyrion Grill, like we see lots of different like, corridors and like yeah, like, he doesn't know where he is, right? Yeah, it's janky in there, and and he keeps seeing like partly through the windows, like pieces of things but like it's in the wrong spot for what he assumes he is so like i kind of feel like that makes sense yeah mm. anyways yeah ilfin alfin they make deals she also says Snakey and foxy. like specifically courage to strength fire to blind music to daze iron to bind which is also which what is, but you're not allowed to take in yes which matt wasn't allowed to bring into so you gotta break the rules dun, sounds dun, like a dun. job for matt <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> well, currently it's a job for Perrin. <laughs> well, I don't trust him. <laughs> also, it's worth mentioning, I guess. So Perrin, recog- like, he thinks the girl is vaguely familiar. He doesn't know that she's Brigida, but he thinks that she's familiar. And all women are familiar to Perrin. <laughs> and when she leaves, she's kind of like, mm, yeah, no, I- he's right. I shouldn't talk to you. This is bad. And then she just like deeks out. And Perrin turns to Hopper and he's like, who was that? And Hopper's like, I don't you were talking to the wind, dude. I don't know what you were yeah. like. You are crazy. <laughs> and Perrin wakes up and they travel, continue to travel. And he goes Hopper past also tells him that there are no wolves here now. Yeah. Did you say that? Meaning Slayer has basically been murdering wolves. Slaying also wolves. even the wolves Slaying. are misogynistic. May you know good hunting, young bull, and she's to give you yes, many cups. Many she's to give you many cups. <laughs> or she's to give you many cups. She's and I was like, ew. You... <laughs> ew. Wow. <Stop>. Thanks <laughs> for that. Hopper. I'm glad the wolves also have to be. Really just had to ruin Hopper. Like, come yeah, on. Come on. something so Perrin wakes up he takes the next watch the next day they travel and they find the althor farm burned to the ground the aiel like kind of scout it and shake their head basically saying like nobody died here like there's no body so the farm was no body no crime (laughs) the farm was burned but nobody died 
and Vail's feels bad for him here because he tells her that it was Althor. Yeah, so he, yeah, she, and, she and she's like Brandon, almost like relieved. And his father, oh, I thought it might be the relief and sympathy in her voice were enough to finish the sentence. Does your family live near? No, he said curtly. And she recoiled as if slapped. And then once again, he tries to ditch Vail because like this seems like the good spot to do it. I, I get this one. For me, I was like, she's already in Emmons Field. Like, we're here. So what was your intention of leaving her? Where was she going to go? Like, back through the... Like, she I was mean, just going to... Like, she's gotten this far. She's like, oh, I'll just go back home. I don't <laughs> think... I, I think... He just really doesn't want her to see him get I'm killed. I'm really yeah. surprised that he decided to, like... He's like, oh, I'm going to go to this person's house. Like, Egwene's, like, parents' house. Yeah, or, inn. like, the inn. And I just... You know, there's a situation which he would just find the white cloaks, mm-hmm. you know, like that's his end goal. Yeah, that I feel like that's more likely. They just had to have a stop for him. So well, they, they had to have a stop for him. So he didn't do it. Yeah. And so Thayil caught up with him and a place for him to find out that the family that we just got introduced to was dead. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. R.I.P. Yaibara. Even the aunts yeah. and uncles. Like all of them. Which do they all live on the same farm? Yeah, it's a big farm. Okay. Like, if it's these Trollocs coming to get them, they only went to one farm and got everybody. Yeah, they all, they all live there. Okay. So he gets to Emmonsfield and he gets to the Winespring Inn, which is Egwene's parents' inn. And he meets with Master Alvier, Bran, and... Marin. Why am I blank? Marin. Marin. So many M names. And he kind of, like, catches up with them, basically. At one point, she's like, how is Egwene? <laughs> and she's like, he, she sent me letters. And parents like, wow, I never thought to send a letter. Like, yeah, clearly you don't never, care about your family. <laughs> he never once thought about his family until Jordan was like, I think I'm going to kill them off. <laughs> and then oh, my gosh. Parents really worried about his family. Like, Oops. Like, oh, my God. So it turns out parents' whole family's dead, killed by Trollocs. And so they... When he finds out, now, I did not shed a tear. Oh, Fayil is there at this moment, too. Yeah, because... she comes in and she's like, you're an utter fool. This was your plan the whole time. Because he reveals his plan is to just turn himself over yeah. to the White Cloaks and be hung for his, or hanged for his crime. He, which he admit to Fayil and in front of the Alvarez. He's like, yeah, I killed White Cloaks. More than the ones you saw me kill, by the way. Because she did watch him just like slaughter an entire plaza of them. Yeah, fine. and again, communication. He could have told her this like the girl this girl is just here for the adventure like him telling this story like i understand he feels like a lot of guilt about it she like there's not even a realm of possibility in my head apparently there was in jordan and parents head but where she judged him yeah also like two more white cloaks she saw you kill like (laughs) 10 of them yeah (laughs) two more wasn't gonna change her mind (laughs) yeah like it was the same situation also you killed two in self-defense like again you killed them all in self-defense so like yeah no i think he's more embarrassed because he was kind of wolfed out in that moment yeah that's probably it he was like you killed hopper embarrassing die and she and then this is when he finds out about yes and what i was gonna say because he wants to sorry marissa he he wants to give himself up to the white cloaks to protect his family that's like his goal he's like oh if i give myself up then they won't hurt them yeah and then and, everybody's just and like they're dead so mm, it's super awkward parent because they're <laughs> dead <laughs> earlier than that too we get a like i don't remember where it was but i do remember reading parent essentially gives his list of like things he cares about right now <laughs> and it's like his family and then it's fail <laughs> and then and it really it really is like his family is dead and then he's like hey files a lot back in like he he crosses them off the list and he's like all right next she let me cry thing. in her bosom <laughs> under her breast right. thank you her midriff. and 
And I actually, so the moment where he like finds out, I thought is kind of well written. Yeah, like, like a good I, sort of shock. Shock. Yeah. He had a lot of shock because he goes dead. No, they can't be. Perrin frowned as wetness suddenly slopped over his hand and he stared at the cramp- crumpled cup as the wondering where it had come from. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. And he's like frazzled here. Yeah. And he's trying to continue this conversation. It's unclear how long he's been crying when he realizes in my head he's just crying like he's crying the <laughs> entire time he's talking to them and everyone's like it's okay. It's okay. And then, you know, she she's she, he keeps asking all these questions on, on the next movies. He's like, oh, do you know this Lord Luke person? Like, what's going on? And she goes, your mother is dead. Your father is dead. Your sisters are dead and your brother. Your family is dead and you cannot change it. Certainly not by dying yourself. Let yourself grieve. Don't hold it inside where it can fester. And he realizes at this point that he was crying and he sobs into her, like he sobs into her dress. And his first thought in all of this, what must she think of him? My dude, let me just explain something to you. I am making fun of this whole situation because I think it was heavily broadcast that his his family was not going to be super okay like we were not going into a big family reunion because there was there were signs that when they they started describing the family for the first time and this is the first time he's ever thought about his family it felt it felt heavily big red flag (laughs) big red flag the author is trying to hurt you just just know that as a writer the author is trying to hurt you (laughs) if they start describing something like that for no reason in detail but just for the toxic masculinity gonna get rid of that for a second what no you are not a baby because you are crying. You're not a bad person because you're crying. You're a bad person because you tried to strangle your girlfriend. But the, like the this is just so misogynistic yell- again. Like it's so sexist again. Yeah. Nope. This is just like, so oh my gosh, embarrassing. I-, I can't believe he did that crying like a weak little baby over the death of his entire family. Ugh, yeah. Like and literally could he? in the next page <laughs> what? after described about how Fayil held his head beneath her breast we have beneath, a line not in <laughs> where she which is like so awkward to think about but whatever anyway and then she like, says you know have you given up the notion of surrendering to the white cloaks there was no hint in her voice that she had just watched him cry like a baby and i was like because she doesn't care yeah fayil has the emotional maturity to know like hey you just found You're out your entire fa- family died you're in shock you need to sit and like feel your feelings for a minute cry for like (laughs) let it out like days yeah you're allowed to do this for days she gives him 2.5 seconds and then he's like "Ah, that's it no more crying i'm I'm good to go we can move on i can't believe i saw that and men who are listening you can cry yeah okay yeah you can cry also especially if your entire family gets slaughtered there's a lot of reasons for crying including there was a cute commercial on that made you feel a little bit too much and also like you're just having a bad day and you need to get it out. All valid reasons. Yes. Extremely valid. Your entire family was just slaughtered by Trollocs. Yeah. Very valid reason. <laughs> also, so this is where my heart did kind of like break. And I fell just deeply in love with Loyal when he hears about Perrin's family and he says, I'm sorry for your loss. I share your grief. Mistress Alvear is telling me that you're going to go now that there's nothing to keep you here. If you wish it, I will sing to the apple trees before we leave, which is what has been planted in like memory of his family, I guess. Sweet and boy. I they were was, buried underneath that. Yeah, apple the trees, apple yeah. trees. And I was like, 
this dude should have cried again. Yeah. Like this parent should have broke down in tears. I would not have been able to hear a sentence of that without and like the offering it. to sing to these trees. Like parents seen him do this one time, and like Loyal is like one of the only tree singers alive. This and is he's a huge, offering a huge honor. honor. Yeah, I don't even know that parent got to see it. Perrin wasn't with uh, when he sang in the blight. When he sang in the blight to the tree at like before they left the tree, the right, uh, green right, man's right, tree. Right, right, right. You were thinking yeah. in the. I was thinking of the quarterstaff one. Yeah, yeah. In that, yeah, like this is a world. a huge, huge honor that he's. And like, then he also parents like I, I, I'm gonna ask you if you want to stay with me, but you don't have to. Like obviously, you know, you're writing your book. Oh, what a shock! Giving people the option to stay with you. Wow, mm. crazy! Imagine what happens when you communicate. But he says, here or there, it is the same fight, I think. The book can wait. Perhaps I will have a chapter about you. Just one chapter, parent. That's all you get. <laughs> That's all he does. And deserves. it better be like, boy, it was not a good boyfriend. And <laughs> defile for why. Yeah. And then once we have that whole scene, Mr. Selvier takes them through the town. They kind of like sneak out of the town because the white cloaks, they don't want to find them. Yada, yada. Well, we get to the edge of the they forest. Get, they get seen. Yeah, Senbui sees them. He's sus about it. Not a good person to have seen them. Yes, he's sus about it, and he's just like, Mr. Sylvia's like, like, okay, keep your mouth shut, Kay. And he's like, all right, (laughs) we'll do. I'm not a rat. But he is. (laughs) Says the man holding the cheese. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really enjoying how much Taylor is laughing at that. (laughs) (laughs) I can just like so quietly just like, is that it? I've never heard that saying before, and I love I don't, it. I don't know if it's a saying. I just said it. <laughs> uh, it sounded like a saying, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Probably. It might be. Says the man yeah. holding the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, they get into the woods. Tay's still laughing. She's still going. She loves it. favorite oh, podcast good. ever. I'm so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay. My cheeks hurt now. <laughs> That's good. We need That's to lighten it up. <laughs> They get into the woods, and Egwene's mom is planning to take them to the place where Tam and Abel Cawthon are hiding, but she's being, like, a little, not suspicious, but, like, on the verge about it. And then they run into two men who seem to be warders. And yeah, that I is think where it's confirmed that they're warders. It might be. Yeah. I just didn't want to spoil it if it wasn't confirmed. Yeah, it's, it's confirmed. confirmed warders. Okay. And parents like, not all, I said I... Or I said I. I just got away from them. There's I said I, and then there's I said I. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know. He's yeah. like, obviously they're not red Aja because they have men with them, and red red Aja are just hate, hate men. men. That's their that's their only personality trait. <laughs> and they're red too, so you know it's bad. The color of passion. All right, that's where we end. <laughs> we are with the completed color halfway, roughly. Uh, yeah, just over halfway. No, not according to my story, Rav. Oh, oh, really? Oh. All right. Well, I mean, chapter count wise. Yes. I mean, it looks pretty half. 48%. Oh. Okay. That's pretty half. Oh, yeah. The last few chapters are really long, I guess. There's 58 chapters here. So we're just over halfway if we're counting chapters. Ta-da. <laughs> All right. Well, do we have... Do we have thoughts? thoughts? I have thoughts. I liked I mean, it you better. You said a lot of your thoughts, I guess, but yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop talking. No, no, I just, I just mean we all just gave our thoughts, but I want more thoughts. Yeah, can you actually like zip it on this podcast thing? <laughs> talking too much. You're done. You're done. <laughs> <laughs> She's like going to cry. Don't cry. It's really embarrassing. I'm not going to cry. Yeah. Yeah. How could you? I'm like a baby or something. Well, I'll let you put your head below my breasts. (laughs) Tempting. (laughs) 
long as there's a bosom as long as there's a bosom oh, to that clown. does make crying easier <laughs> oh goodness at one point we had them crying on Varen bo- Varen's bosom well and I, now think, we have I think crying under I think Fayil's we bosom. have to we you know there's just so many things to do with a bosom I think is the lesson <laughs> here you can cry on a bosom under you can cry under a bosom you can maybe even cry in a bosom but we haven't <laughs> gone there yet so maybe a pale bosom even oh don't <laughs> exquisitely. get exquisitely excellent thank you very oh, sorry. much Ex- an excellent, excellent pale, pale bosom. bosom he could not prevent himself from writing down the adjective excellent, excellent. Pale bosom. because it was that good oh. yes and on that note <laughs> and on that note you enjoyed the section more i so. enjoyed the section more i will say i feel and i said it in the last one that i would have stopped reading and misogyny be damned kind of got like this i it i picks up i didn't have the option <laughs> to stop <laughs> but i will say that being said also like the misogyny is still there and it's still loud and in your face and if you stop reading because of the misogyny i don't blame you <laughs> because i get it there it is yeah it is right there right for right yeah there for i you. think I think you're right that it's heavier in the first chunks because we're just hanging out idle we're not we're not doing enough yet to distract if we had decided jordan's also trying yeah jordan's also like trying to be like oh look characterization but it's just sexualization of women (laughs) so i don't know they're all beautiful he's like so rand is like the super amazing person also a gwen has boobs (laughs) so that's cool nice look at that She's like super pretty, but then there's like this other girl that's like totally way prettier than her. So we know that she's bad because to be too she pretty. She also might have bigger bad. boobs. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> she's ripe. She has a tiny waist. So <laughs> tiny waist obviously equals bigger everything else. And yes, naturally. Round thing you get in your one face. measurement. That's that's true. <laughs> and and we just move it. You know, the smaller the waist, the bigger everything else. Yeah, that's how mm. it works. Just like a Barbie. Just like a Barbie. <laughs> Although I would like Barbies nowadays are more balanced, like yeah. old Barbies, yeah. OG Barbies. Yeah. Well, anyway. I'm glad you're enjoying the story at least more. All right, are we moving? Well, Tay, do you have any? I, I guess what Tay do you can think? talk to. Talk to think about what? I don't know. Like, what, did you like this section more than the last section? <laughs> are you having more than the last section? Yeah. Are you having a better time? <laughs> having a better. Time. Do you like we're having a better time this time than we did? Yeah. Last time was rough. Last time we were. Like I will say, I a I, I had a end. great time. I'm always having a great time in the the discussion. I just mean it was heavier. You guys are Yuck. very cool to hang out with, Aww. even when I have to read misogynistic oh, material to do it. If I have to read about women just not having a good time, want to read about it with you guys. <laughs> There's no one I would rather analyze this misogyny with than you. (laughs) Lovely. And on that note, speaking of not having a good time, let's try and have a good time with our little game. Yay. (laughs) I don't know what that was. That was an attempt at a segue, and I applaud you for it. It kind of worked. All right. I want to play It's Giving again. Because it was fun. It was fun. And I came up with a few few different scenarios. It's Giving rerun. Yeah. (laughs) That is what it is giving. (laughs) Speaking of a segue. <laughs> An original. <laughs> we just made the exact same noise at the exact same time. Did you not hear that? You and me or you two? Yeah. No, you and me. Our size <laughs> synced up. I love that. 
If anybody doesn't remember what it's giving is, I give a scenario and these two tell me what it's giving. And sometimes I tell what it's giving because sometimes I make up things. Other times I couldn't think. So I just left Sometimes it for them. <laughs> Alex wrote a joke and she just needed a yes, way to say it. That's it. <laughs> so she is going to answer her own questions. Exactly. All right. Fail convincing Loyal to take her into the ways first before anybody else. Giving I'm initiative. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> it's giving go-getter. Yeah. Like, it's giving boss babe. <laughs> boss babe. <laughs> can i tell you about this it's, awesome you know what it's actually giving it's giving what is it girl boss yeah gatekeep what is that it's like so it's giving gaslight gatekeep girl boss <laughs> yeah yeah amazing <laughs> all right <laughs> it's also giving poor loyal <laughs> yes it is giving poor loyal Aww. poor loyal all right perrin refusing to ask fail if he can travel with her and i wrote it's giving child refusing to apologize for something he very clearly did <laughs> It's giving it's child. It's giving when your dog does something wrong and then it hides in the corner and just pretends it's not there. <laughs> and Perrin is the dog. Yeah. All right. Gawain telling Min to convince Galad not to join the White Cloaks. And I I'm laughing at my own joke, but I wrote it's it's giving oh wait, no, this is not the joke that I was thinking of. But here it's giving trying to set up your two friends who are very much not compatible because just like the I did not understand the situation that was yeah. going on here with Min being the one to convince Galad not to do that. It's Salad. giving emotional labor. <laughs> That's what it's giving. Oh, yeah. He really said, this, this woman can solve the problem for me. Yeah, that I don't want to solve. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Next up, Galad wanting to become a white cloak. And I got, it's giving Harry Potter wanting to become a magic, magic cop. <laughs> it's giving copaganda. <laughs> Given you were hot until you joined a cult. Oh yeah. <laughs> Rand um, telling everyone he's Oh, I have another one. Sorry. Oh. It's it's giving this is why I don't trust Hawkeye. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving this is why we can't have nice things. <laughs> That's what it's giving. Rand telling everyone he's he's going away for a while. He's, he's going away on an adventure. I have it's it's giving Bilbo telling everyone he's going away and then using the ring to make a spectacle. It really is like, giving that. I'm not deeks. gonna lie, it really is. <laughs> it's giving being at a social event and having to go take a dump. <laughs> <laughs> go away for a while, or it's also giving. It's giving my social battery emptied like suddenly, and I gotta go home. I gotta leave. <laughs> Relatable. It's giving white girl having one more drink and suddenly tastes like she should run away from all her friends for funsies. It's giving every single experience I had with one of my roommates in university when he got drunk and he <laughs> would just be an unstoppable force. <laughs> <laughs> That's concerning. <laughs> it's for another podcast. <laughs> in, in, a, in a fun, I'm going to steal a wreath. Not in a dangerous way. Yeah, right. I like that. <laughs> I would, um, okay, okay. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna explain because I feel like I got too vague there. He, I would also wake up and there would just be additional furniture in our apartment that he stole. Allegedly, he stole <laughs> for legal reasons. <laughs> not on the record. <laughs> for legal reasons, that this was a joke. Chair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everyone going to Roydeon except for Egwene and Lan, and I've got it's giving when you get left alone with your friend's boyfriend and you know him enough, <laughs> but like not enough for it to not be awkward. <laughs> oh no, oh it is giving that. <laughs> 
Mm. Giving not invited to the party. Yeah, it's giving third wheel. <laughs> it's giving the sidewalk wasn't big enough, so you have to walk behind. <gasps> this one I just I made just to give Rand a point here, I guess. But Rand <laughs> making water come out of the fountain in Roydion because it's already there, and I've got it's giving working smarter, not harder. <laughs> Getting taking credit for something that is already that too there. <laughs> It's, it's giving you really thought you did something. <laughs> you were sneaky. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> going through the Tyrangriol to confront the snake people again. It's giving, I didn't get exactly what I wanted on a silver platter. And instead of stepping back and looking at the situation and maybe learning and growing, I'm going to do exactly <laughs> the same thing until it works like I want it to. AKA, I've learned nothing from this. <laughs> wow, that was really long-winded. I feel like you feel very passionately about that one. <laughs> it's giving... I can't believe I failed the test when I didn't study. <laughs> Giving trying to use a coupon code that you know you already use, but you're going to try again anyways just to see if you can get a discount again. Sneaky. Rand going through the columns in Roydion. <laughs> I wrote... <laughs> It's giving when you get to class and you see a TV and you know you won't have to do any work, just zone out and watch a movie. <laughs> giving a slow-mo running montage. Yeah, that too. Oh my god, I love that. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I have a good one for this. <laughs> I, I honestly liked it so much that I, I'm just like, it's given it's good writing. <laughs> it was great. I did enjoy that. Rand's version of CPR on Matt. <laughs> It's giving, it's giving they were pillow friends. <laughs> <laughs> it's giving 90s exercise tape, but the instructor is very hands-on. <laughs> hips up, can I help you hips with those down. hip thrusts? <laughs> <laughs> Give me those hip thrusts. It's giving every manga ever when the boyfriend is like jealous of like a trainer or something. <laughs> They're like, you're doing too much. <laughs> Yeah, and how oh. I met your mother when like they all go to the gym and Marshall's like watching the Lily. Cut. Yeah, like <laughs> he's like, no, he's like, what? What's happening right now? <laughs> Parent and Gall laughing at their little campfire, and I already said this, but it's giving that scene in Friends when Rachel's trying to impress Joshua and she tells Chandler. I love to how say you can't funny. wait to tell your jokes. Like you wrote these <laughs> down for the It's Giving game, and then it came to the discussion. You're like, I'm gonna say it. <laughs> I want to say my jokes. <laughs> jokes. Just funny. That may be funny. <laughs> All right, Parent and Gall laughing at their little campfire. It's it's just giving it's just giving like it's just you know the the typical scene in the rom com where the girl is like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. It's giving needy. Giving catty. Ooh. <laughs> Parents being a little catty here for a wolf boy. Or like he d couldn't hang out with the popular girls. He had to watch from the outside there. It's giving, yeah. <laughs> it's giving, I can't sit at your table. You can't sit at my table. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> On Wednesdays, we wear pink. <laughs> Perrin trying to ditch feel. Oh my gosh. Perrin trying to ditch Fahil again. At the very last minute. It's giving it's giving insanity is trying the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. <laughs> That's what it's giving. Yeah. Yeah. Giving it's also when you're just the, giving I didn't learn my lesson. Like, come on. I will learn nothing from this. Giving when you're the older sibling and you're trying so hard to get your annoying little sibling to just like leave you alone, but they just like keep <laughs> popping up. You're like slamming the door in their face. Get out of my room. Oh my god, for the previous one where they're like laughing at the fire that's 
it's giving the youngest sibling going off and being like, you can't play with my toys, but like the siblings are too old to play with the toys. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. Exactly. That's such a punishment. (laughs) All right. Anybody got any other ones? That was all mine. That was all my jokes that I wrote out for myself. (laughs) Karen finding out his entire family is dead. It's giving giving I needed to make this character... It's giving I needed to make this character have a tragic backstory. No, wait, wait, no. It's giving when you make a D&D character and of course they have to have a tragic backstory so you kill off their whole family that you didn't know. <laughs> this is why I'm sad <laughs> and interesting. This is why I don't have anybody and I lived in the woods. <laughs> All my D&D characters, this is the situation. Live in the woods, but... Yeah, really raised by wolves. Mine are all like thieves. These bad things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the man, the man you love, saying that you have made flowers grow where I cultivated dust and stone. It's giving ick. <laughs> you love me way too much. I'm not into it anymore. That's us. We have different reactions to this, Taylor. <laughs> it's giving that time I got a love letter put in my locker and. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it also is giving swoon, though, because it's Len. Yeah, that's my answer. <laughs> Maureen having set up that Len will become Nynaeve's warder, but she's been lying to Len about it the whole time. It's giving <laughs> she wait knows what he wants. <laughs> wait, what? It's giving wait for Christmas. It's giving she is like his best friend who like knows secretly what he wants, but like he won't admit it. So she's got to like set it up for them. Like she's Haley <laughs> in One Tree Hill and he's Lucas. <laughs> yeah, that was it. That's all I had. <laughs> Alrighty. And with that, we can move on to our rankings. Uh, and I did ask if either of you wanted to add Scratch the cat to <laughs> your character list which by the way i wasn't at the reappearance of scratch the cat <laughs> and i forgot about scratch the cat and therefore i said who in the f <laughs> is scratch <laughs> the cat and i said I was told how to wait. you're gonna make me pick between scratch and loyal and that's that's too hard they can tie that. they can tie it's okay all right, Tay, give me your rankings if you got them ready. I need to do them. I was trying to do them like this whole time. <gasps> Formulate. We both need to do them. We both yeah. didn't do our homework. Giving we both thought the other one was going to be ready. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds copy off of you today. What? I, I, like I have my tops and my bottoms and the middle. I'm just like, I don't know where to put anybody today. All right, Marissa, yeah. you ready for it? Yeah, I am. Okay. I'm gonna start at the bottom. Shock to no Swear one for the bottom now. <laughs> yeah, Perrin. Hey, Perrin. Took a grand spot. Well, Matt was in it last week. Oh, okay, right. Sorry. Yeah. This is the highest Rand has ever been. By Yay! The way. So <laughs> <Our> main character. <laughs> the main character has moved up. So then I have Tom, who I just found utterly frustrating and annoying. I'm gonna say Matt's in tenth, not because of the misogyny, and I did enjoy him. But he's really causing a lot of problems again. <laughs> so while he was an enjoyable character, was he valuable? No. <laughs> no. But like, look at the picture of him on book four. Oh, he's hot. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> this is the guy I would have a, I would have had a crush in, in on in school. By the way, like the like guy who is clearly up to no good, and I would have been like, that is so 
amazing. <laughs> I need <Hot>. chaos. <laughs> that, he would have given me so much anxiety. And like I, every time he was in the room, I'd be like, just, just stop. Just stop. Just oh, stop. it would have given me anxiety. And I would have been like, I would have been like, oh, no, this is I would have mistaken the anxiety for love. That's what would have happened. <laughs> I would have been like, I'm constantly worried about this man. You're like these, this heart palpitation is, is, is love, I think. <laughs> when I'm around you, I just can't breathe. <laughs> the butterflies. <laughs> You're really sweaty. You're going to die. But... I also f- haven't fully forgiven Matt for the misogyny of the last section. So yeah. I feel like I couldn't move him up too it's, high on the list. It's too soon. Yeah, it's too soon. We have Min in ninth. And I'm going to explain this with like, she's. It works out fine, but she literally had no thoughts about going to see the Amarlin seat. She was like, this is a necessary <laughs> no thought, need. just do. Yeah. And also, you know, she feels like she she's like, oh, my God, I'm doing so much. And then she's like, I'm doing nothing. And she's just all over the place. And yeah. also, I don't know. Personally, I also wouldn't be staying in the White Tower if I knew it was going to crumble. Like, I, it's I just I, really good went downhill she started real yeah, high she started real she was super cool and fail is an eighth because another one that started really cool and there's a lot going on here and i don't think a lot of it is her fault in other situations but the way it's being written about it is she shares blame in it i don't like that reading of it i mostly just don't want to see either fail and perrin to be honest and that's why she's like not higher on the list mm. seventh Rand. Hey. This is legitimately Rand, my boy. Not my the boy. Highest no, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> so the highest he's ever been. So this is the highest he's ever been. I'm going to say we only had seven people to rank. <laughs> well, no, cuz we we had eight oh, and yeah, he was seventh, but I'm going to count this as higher because he's literally halfway up the list yeah. at this point. I feel like that's fair. Then in sixth, I have a Gwen wasn't really doing a lot. She was just yeah, kind of there. She was here. eager to learn and I think that's going to get a little bit back into, you know, Egwene complaining, but that was fine. Then we have Elaine who just don't ask her to take off her shirt and she'll be fine. <laughs> she didn't do a lot, but she did. She's not like nipples. You know, she did find out the secrets of the. At the, the Amir. Yeah. So I, I'm. It's more nobody else could really rise above Elaine than she really deserves to be in fifth. <laughs> And then we have kind of the people who I actually think are actively doing good. So we have Moraine. She's going to slide into the last spot of people actively doing good because she was really showing her conniving side, which I think is more Jordan showing his misogynistic yeah, the signs. But... of Moraine are like hurt Moraine more than they... Yeah, like... it's not great. Also, I get her thing with like not telling Lan about promise but it's also like just unnecessarily hurting him to keep him in line kind of thing yeah but i i do think her fear there is if she told him like maybe he wouldn't protect her in a moment you would have like that fleeting thought of like i guess but like if she's if he's with her like i don't understand i i think that i think that's maybe something like i don't know i think it's just to make it if i'm projecting myself onto maureen i'd be like well what if what if he just wants me to die then (laughs) he just kills me (laughs) that would be really sad yeah it's like like getting life insurance out and then they like know that you have a whole bunch of life insurance and like put it in their name and then they kill you (laughs) that's what it's giving that's what it's giving really yeah yeah it's giving uh what's that taylor swift song with nobody uh, no crime nobody nobody yeah nobody no crime Number three, Lan. I have said, and I will say it again, I'm ignoring the scene where 
he kissed Nynaeve and she was beating on his chest because I'm just going to call that bad writing and move on with my life because if I don't have this love story to cling to, I'm going to be a lot more miserable. So we're just (laughs) pretending that didn't happen and he stays in third spot. Loyal is in second. He could have bumped Nynaeve if he didn't try to sit at parents camp. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, he was doing everything right. And then he was like, but you're being so mean to Perrin. Perrin. And I was like, Perrin's being mean to her. Let's be clear here. (laughs) And then Nynaeve is just in the number one spot. Yeah. Along with Scratch. Yeah. (laughs) Scratch is on the lap of whoever's in first. There you go. That's That's right. That's the reward. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Mine's a little different. This one was was kind of tough. Like, I feel like most people were very mid-range today. So in 12th. Parent to no one's surprise. The man, he he earned it. He really did. <laughs> he so really did. He worked hard for that last place. Karen. So proud of you. Come on down. You're the winner of Who Sucks the Most. And then in 11th, I have Bayil. I do like her character, like when she's on her own. You know, I like yeah. the fighting, like the smart, throwing. cool girl that she is. She's fashionable. Unfortunately, she's been latched to this garbage heap of a man, Heron, <laughs> and has, I just, the whole, their whole storyline this time. Was their just, whole dynamic sucks. It just sucked. <laughs> and I didn't like it, so that's mm-hmm. why she gets her. The part she played, I'm not blaming her. I'm not saying that she was completely innocent of anything either, because you know, if we if we talked, but we can't, and that's not her fault entirely either. It was a two way. They both sucked. I just yeah. Anyways, yeah. Um, Fail was the hardest one I think on my list to place because yeah, you could put her at the bottom, and you can kind of yeah. I don't know. She's cool without him. Yeah, she basically failed. Just dump him and then um, she shoot back the up shirt. That list. Uh, Bane and Chiad need to wear the like dump him shirts. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. You know that girl on TikTok? I don't know if you've ever seen her, but she like walks in with a speaker and it's like teeny weeny. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm not going to say the rest of it because we're trying to be a G podcast, but that's that's the vibe we need around Fayil. Like we don't need any of this exactly. no. stuff. And then in 10th, I have Elaine because she really just couldn't handle seeing a couple boobies. It really threw off her whole day. Um, but she gets it because she's like royalty. Because she's cool. She's the cool yeah, mom. Yeah, she's like super like cultured. So like she gets it, except that it's like really like totally awful that they like put her through that. And like she can't even imagine taking her top off one time. It's, and it's giving. I mean, what, that's fine activism. too. <laughs> you, like you don't have to take your top off. No one told you to, but don't shame our sea folk girlies either. Uh, ninth, men just doing not a whole just men. lot. Yeah. <laughs> Eighth, Tom, really because he just needed a place to go. He didn't do a whole lot either. He could have just been killed off in book two. Except for like yeah. in book one. <laughs> his, his comeback was not as strong as I thought it was going to be. I thought he was going to come back in like Gandalf-esque and be very important. And then he's like, mm, I'm actually worse. Everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> Seventh, Egwene. She she didn't have a whole lot of a part to play this time around. Sixth, Land. Ooh, wow. Is moving up because Look somebody him. moving down. <laughs> he he just yeah. Lived. Also, he he actively wasn't a problem. Yeah, this section ran. He's doing what he needs to do. Chill and like yeah, he just did his thing and was like okay. He gave us that fun little vision scene movie. Thanks for that, Rand. Five. Matt, he's he's not making great choices, but for some reason, he got a cool weapon out of it. I'm I'm intrigued. His parts were yeah, his parts him. were entertaining. 
And I feel like that was new because in the first book, we were both just so annoyed with him that we couldn't see or didn't like the joy in seeing him do this wasn't there because we didn't know anything else about him. He was just an idiot. And now Mm -hmm. at least we know enough about him that it is a little bit entertaining. Yeah. Like, oh, silly Matt. Yeah. In fourth, naive. She she didn't have a whole lot going on either. I'm I'm thinking a lot of these characters, or like maybe half of them, are gonna pick up in the next bit. Like they're gonna get where they're going, start yeah. doing things. In third, Lan, because he's hot, but the only reason he's not in second for being hot is because of the kiss situation. Mm-hmm. That was less hot, Lan, so that's okay. Work on that. Yeah. Everyone needs can improve in some way. Yeah. And second Moraine. I hear what you guys are saying about the Moraine POV being misogynistic. This we've we've been living under the misogyny rainfall for this whole time, so I'm kind of into a morally gray Moraine arc a little bit. Yeah, more. a little 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 darker Moraine. Let's see. It was Darth yeah. Moraine. It you was know. it was intriguing, but as like a writer, I shouldn't be judging. His work is very famous and renowned, and I'm not saying it doesn't deserve <laughs> to be there or that I'm a better writer or anything like that. But what I am saying is it was terribly written. <laughs> you could have made her such like still the morally gray with so much like so many more layers, but you really went, you thought she was good and now I'm going to frame her as bad and that's going to equal morally gray. <laughs> yeah. And I just didn't enjoy that. And then in first, not a shocker, he's loyal sitting with a book and a cat on his lap. Um, hopefully not caught in the middle of a toxic lover's spat anymore. Yeah. He's just rescuing children and writing his book. Yeah. Really the best. Yeah. Remembering the children really wants me to give him the first place. I mean, it's your yeah. rankings. You can I change know, it. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm going to do it. You've convinced me. Yay! We got wins for Rand, wins for Loyal. Yeah. Is, the wins for Rand is, is a shocker for It's It's Parker. less of like a win for Rand. I wasn't like, oh my god, yes, Rand, you you did it. Was it more like his part of the story was the most interesting? It was that he wasn't actively pissing me off and everyone <laughs> below him was yeah. like he was doing things without being super frustrating the problem like okay look he can function a little cool he's no longer complaining which is a huge thing that i think is lifting him up in my ranking in particular because i'm i was so done with the second book and i mean it carried into the third even though we didn't get a lot of rand he's had some growth in the sense that he's like accepted his He's accepted so his fate and he's... He's ready to yeah, do something he's, about it. He's making decisions and he might be being a little bit frustrating in those decisions and how he's remembering the past. But like, at least now I can follow his story and be like, this is a cool plot line and not be like, I hate this man. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, that's that. We uh, Any final thoughts? The next chapters to read are to the end of chapter 44 believe so chapter 31 to the end of chapter 44 any trigger warnings no big ones in this like book specifically all right well we thank you so much for listening to this episode of the queens of fantasy podcast you can find our discord server 
in a link in the description of this podcast where you can hang out with us and other readers as we read this giant series and deal with all the good and bad writing that comes along with it. In that same Discord server, you can find our sister podcast, The Book Jar Pod, which is led by me and my friend Megan. And also, you can just talk about books. There's just channels for books, guys. Just come and chat with us about books and reaffirm to me that I'm not spending too much money on books because that's the really important thing. You can find that in the description of this podcast once again. We also have an Instagram account where you can see pictures of these books that not not the ones that I'm buying, but the books that we're reading. That is at Queens of Fantasy Pod. If you specifically want to see a little bit more of me, you can find me at my personal Instagram at Maddie Dancer. That's with two T's. I also have the book jar pod where you can see all the books that I bought and reaffirm me that I make good decisions at the book jar pod there. And if you want a little bit of Matt chaos in your life, go follow my gaming podcast, which is very chaotic and very awesome at crowned heathens there tay where can they find you and your loyal lovingness (laughs) (laughs) all the loyal loyalists can find me at current tay reading it was way better than what i said (laughs) (laughs) and if you want to see the hot matte book cover you know that'll be on queens of fantasy pod so check that out and alex where can they find you you can find me on the Discord at Alex Sadai or on Instagram at a, a Creative Al. Yes. And you can also find all of us on Storygraph if you want to kind of see what we're reading and all that stuff. That's going to be linked in the description of this podcast. Otherwise, we thank you for embarking on this giant journey with us and we are excited to continue. And as always, we will see you in the next chapters. Bye. Bye. So the thing with me is I knew like I had I was this kind of happened to me too. I don't know why. <laughs> Are you okay? Taylor, I remembered where I'm hearing this hot, hot, hot from. <laughs> Do you remember that <laughs> YouTube video problem? called Hot Girls We Have Problems Too? And we made the star video for it. <laughs> and the line is Hot Girls We Have Problems Too. We're just like you, except we're hot, hot, hot. hot. Cause we're hot, hot, hot. <laughs> That's where I was hearing it from. <laughs> I was thinking about the stars. Oh my goodness. Oh my god. Once there was this YouTube video called I don't even know. It was like a spoof on a song, and they changed it to Hot Girls. <laughs> I don't know that. Sorry, that's where. Okay. I- <laughs> they have problems that, too. It just popped into my head, and I was like, Oh my god, I have to say this. Okay, continue. <laughs> Without out of nowhere. But, um, <laughs> so I... <laughs> I don't know... <laughs> I feel like this should stay in. <laughs> I'll put it at the end. Whoever's editing, put this at the end. <sighs>